After being scared straight by the shortcut, it's time for Jack and Josh to figure out what it means to be grown-ups. This is Truly Happily Madison. Oh, hello. Oh, hi. Hi. Oh. How's it going? Oh, it's it's good to see you again. Yeah, twice in a week. Oh, it's yes. A, it's, it's a lot. It's a double record. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's good, though. It's good. It's, it's exciting. It's exciting to be back so mm. soon and to to be back in the Sandlerverse. Exactly. Especially with a film that not only did I pay attention to this oh, well. time... But 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 I've already seen, so that's nice. Uh, it's good to pay attention to things you've already seen before. <laughs> Definitely don't pay attention to new things. No, there's no mm-hmm. point. What's it going to teach me? Nothing. No. What can grown-ups teach me on repeat viewings? We'll find out. Well, that's right, because we are talking this week about the motion picture grown-ups, because... Each week, your hosts Jack Gregson and Josh Pappenheim discuss the entire filmography of Happy Madison Productions from 1999 to current day. But we're not alone. We're not alone this week to to get in. This is the most guests we've had on a podcast, Josh. Not one. (laughs) Not one. Not not three. (laughs) Definitely not four. But dos. Dos, oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I wanted to. I wanted to show off my Spanish in front of our guests. Yeah, <laughs> a Renaissance man. That's right. Welcome to the podcast, hosts of a podcast like it's 1999, Phil Escove and Kenny Nybart. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. We're so happy to be here. <laughs> it's. I, I. I. It's so unfortunate we're doing this during the pandemic, or otherwise, I assume you would fly us across and put us up. But oh yeah, yeah. Well, the wild thing is, we actually still paid for the plane tickets. Uh, Weird. <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. We can transfer them for like 15 like plane tickets just to France, I guess. Yeah, sure, keep going sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you want to go to France and watch these movies <laughs> with subtitles? Uh, pointless. I saw The Pink Panther 2 in France. That's, uh, wow. that's a film I saw with subtitles. The- is, the, wait, is that a Steve Martin one or is that's that the a, Steve is that Martin a... one? Okay, yeah, I was in France by myself. What are you gonna do? Go see Pink Panther two. So you really, you really are <laughs> a real connoisseur of <laughs> of millennium. No, I, I would say, uh, I would say big studio, rompy, dirty, money grabby mm. comedies. <laughs> And I appreciate that. I appreciate that you that you live the gimmick because you have to. You, you can't like you can't just take in the good stuff like the Sandler stuff. You have to go into the because those that Pink Panther. Uh, I you know as as you know from the pod, I have so many children, so I've seen every movie ever made. And uh, the the Pink Panthers two the sequels is truly one of the worst movies ever made. Oh, it's quite bad. 
<laughs> I don't, is, it, is it worse than Grown Ups? I don't know, but it is one of the worst things I've ever made. It's, it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty, um, but you know what? There's some delight in seeing it with a captive French audience. Uh, uh, oh, I bet as, the French loved it. That feels French. like a movie the French would love. <laughs> yeah. The they French went huge for huge for La Panfer Rouge Deux. Um, yeah. I, I remember when they announced that Steve Martin was going to be doing the Pink Panther movies, and like that's one of those things that on paper sounds like a great idea, and then in execution you're just like, this is beneath everybody, and we should just have done this. Yeah. I'm wondering how much on paper that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I, point, agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> like it just it just feels like. So they they tried to do Pink Panther with Roberto Benigni as well. Yeah, oh, I don't right. even think it's such a great idea with Peter Sellers. I mean, <laughs> yeah. who who needs this guy, the Pink Panther? <laughs> Come on, who needs this Crusoe? Yeah, yeah. fair point. This yeah, Benigni should thing. make another Pinocchio. <laughs> he did. He's only done two of Steve them so Martin's far. Steve Pinocchio. Steve Martin well, Pinocchio. He, he did. He yeah. did Roxanne, where he played Pinocchio. Oh, yeah, true. That's true. So, that's true. Very good. Oh god! Yeah, I thank you. Roxanne's <laughs> yeah. well, a good flick. Um, oh, I, yeah. Uh, so much. I can't wait till we start uh, truly happily panther. After after Sandler, after Polly Shaw, after yeah. the Ernest movies, mm-hmm. oh, after wow. Melissa the... McCarthy, we just added. See, the list goes. So on. They, all right. So so let, let's. I, I'm, yeah. I'm interested in in your story Same. a little bit. I'm sure your listeners know, but. Uh, Give me the cliffs. Yeah. Does that make sense? The cliffs notes. No, no, Give of course, the, yeah, no. Uh, Josh and I are, are friends of uh, from we we met at, uh, at work and uh, we we shared an affinity for terrible comedies. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I'm yet to find another kind. One day, other <laughs> comedies. You, you meet yo. Oh. I thought you had another like, like another like kindred spirit because you got one right here. Buddy. <laughs> no, just another just, just another kind of, yeah, of comedy. Another, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and for years we've talked about doing a, a podcast where because we both we both like Adam Sandler movies, mm-hmm. but we can't exactly put our finger on why. Um, and it's not that we like all the Adam Sandler movies. There are very right. specific ones that we like. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about Funny People, which I'm a huge fan of. And I think yeah, I even brought Josh around to it by the end. I enjoyed it. Um, and, then, <laughs> and, you know, I like um, I like 51st yeah, Dates. Josh isn't a I huge fan. I love 51st Dates. <laughs> um, I, I cried in Click. Josh didn't. <laughs> um <laughs> Did you guys see the Vulture article where they ranked all the Adam Sandler movies and Click was number one? Not wow. I, it, it was it was all the uh, I think it was all the Happy Madison produced ones. Yeah. So we're not talking mm-hmm. about Punch Drunk Love and yeah, you know those movies. But Click was number one, which you know that's an insult. But, uh, but yeah, I, no, I I I do think Click is a good movie. Like I don't I hate the idea that Click is number one on anybody's list, right? <laughs> sure, but I do think Click is like a, a a good movie and it is emotionally kind of ringing. Um, I, I think it's a really good template for how to write a, um, a family comedy. I think, I think it really, and actually I think that is kind of what Sandler does in his sleep that I don't think people give him credit for is he has a really strong sense of family, a really strong sense of, uh, his responsibility as a parent. 
and he's constantly grappling with you know that versus his job versus you know kind of still being cool and young and having friends and all that stuff and i think he really does have a good grasp on on what kind of you know what is enough emotion to put into these you know fart and poop movies that that <laughs> raises them above your average fart and poop movie well, the thing about Click is that I think Click is sort of the perfect blend of high concept. Like when I think of a high concept, I think of like good, you know, co- good high concept movie, mm. right? Like a Bruce Almighty or a Liar Liar. Like it fits into that mm. sort of pantheon of like high concept, but with heart. And I think that that movie does a good job of balancing those things. Well, I, I think you're right on that front, but I do think the problem with Adam Sandler is that as much as I like him sometimes it goes overboard on the sort of jokes that feel like they're not completely fitting in with the rest of the movie or yeah, um, or feel wildly inappropriate, at least watching them through a 2020 gaze, or 2021 gaze now. Yeah, um, uh, a, lot of, the, a lot of dog fucking. A lot of dog fucking. Lot of dog in, dog not people fucking dogs, dogs fucking things. But yeah. The, a lot of dog fucking. He loves that. No. I mean, he also yeah. he's a huge, huge fan of casual racism. He just he's so uh, yeah. into casual <laughs> racism. Yeah. It's not even casual. And sometimes it's, it's just overt. Overt <laughs> racism. He just any uh, you know any any run of the mill racism. It's more run of the mill yeah. that, that I would say that he just he's super into it. And it's won't do it himself. Gets Rob Schneider to yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, Schneider, yeah. <laughs> yes, or he has Rob Schneider play races that he's not actually, mm. uh, and then make then then goes after him, which I, we're gonna have to deal with in um, with in Grown-ups? Big Daddy, which I'm not looking oh, forward Big to. Daddies, mm. oh. Oh, yeah. uh, Grown Ups is one of the few films in which Rob Schneider does not play a racial stereotype, which uh... the heart of the movie. <laughs> 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 Which is, which is interesting because he's the only one who's not in uh, in, ha- in Grown Ups 2. Can I tell you? Like, we need more racism. Get rid of the heart. <laughs> I, I, so, I've not seen Grown Ups 2. I've not seen Grown Ups 1. Uh, it is shocking to me that a movie this plotless could beg a sequel. There's well, nothing that happens in this movie. Yeah, if you dislike plot, then, buddy, you're going to really love Grown Ups 2 when you get round to it. Because... <laughs> Imagine less. Well, I, that's, I, that's impossible for me to imagine. No, we may, they go I to may a go wa- they go to a water park. That's a half hour of the movie. Yeah, You're it, forgetting hey, the big basketball scene. You loved it when they went to water park and Bill and Ted's. I mean, come on, Phil. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, so did you? I I right. I, I I have a little I have a little bit of a soft spot for grown ups. Though I agree with everything you said because okay. I, I watched with my kid and he liked it. So we, we sure. there were like there genuine laughs in this movie. That uh, that that you know worked for me, an old man, and, and my son, a young boy. But I want to tell you one story about. I, I have a story about grownups that okay. I want to tell you. So I grownups. I guess grown up. When did grownups come out? Like oh five. Twenty ten. Like yep. It's exactly. It's a ten year old movie. <laughs> twenty. So twenty ten. So I did this. I did this older than I thought I did. <laughs> and do you guys know when grownups two came out? Uh, 2013, I think. Fifteen, five right. years. Took him five years so to that, come up with the sequel. This is now. This is horrifying. I was well into my mid-thirties. It's, it's 2013. 2013. Oh, 2013. Right, so Sorry, I was, I was. Yes, I was sober. I was an alleged adult at this point. I had children. <laughs> I did. I noticed on all the billboards for Grown Ups Two, 
And Grown Ups 1 is like this weird, like, Happy Madison loser dream team and also Chris Rock, right? Yeah. So you remember, like, I, I, could, I could have always named those five guys off like that, like, very easily. And I noticed on the billboards for Grown Ups 2, there was no Rob Schneider on it. And I, I having not seen Grown Ups 1, but, you know, I, I, I couldn't conceive, I'm sure they didn't kill him, I couldn't conceive how this didn't work out. There was no public falling out with Rob Schneider. Like, what? He brings everybody into his movies, Adam Sandler. Why wouldn't he do that? So this was still in the early days of Twitter. And I decided to make a uh, at, like, Rob, at, like, the real Rob Schneider account the day that <laughs> Grown Ups 2 came out. And I just kept tweeting at all the people in Grown Ups and the studio and all that. Oh, great movie. Not quite as good as the one I was in. I guess I missed the call when you invited me back to Grown Ups. I, I just kept going and going. It only lasts like half an hour that I got blocked. But, uh, or I got, I got kicked off the service. But it was really an exciting day for me. That's oh, incredible. Say, did you not just keep going and now you have a blue tick and now just this I is am you Rob revealing Schneider. that you are Rob Schneider. <laughs> Yeah, so I—that's my history with this movie. Do we know but why he's not? <laughs> why he's not in the second one? Legitimately, well, sure I've, I've been trying to find out, and I okay. haven't been able to really find a definitive answer. In my head, my head canon is Jack. He was saying that sometime around like the bench warmers, that was meant oh. to be like David Spade and Rob Schneider like making up after a big fight. Oh, that's true. Wow. What I think happened is it the relationship deteriorated after this oh interesting. that's in my head and adam sandler's there rob schneider's there going like it's him or me it's him or me and he's like it's him (laughs) it's david spade who brings so much to the grown-ups i've got it's the the guy who's making me a million dollars an episode (laughs) of producer fees for rules of engagement that's the guy I've got to say, um, I say I did all this research trying to find out why Rob Schneider wasn't in the second one. I should have just clicked on the Wikipedia page. It tells you. What? Um, oh. um, uh, apparently, there was scheduling conflicts with um, uh, the CBS sitcom Rob, mm. and oh. his wife was yeah. pregnant. I, I, be- I believe that's. I believe that's pronounced Rob. <laughs> it's, it's true there's a big exclamation yes, point it's, true. Yeah. it's true yeah. it's true like it's also kind of like um one of the upside down exclamation points yeah, before it yeah. be- because that he marries cool. a, a he marries a latina woman therefore that's he's true. allowed to use the upside down exclamation point that's true yeah. he yeah. loves he loves to find those uh loopholes for why he's allowed to do things he sure does yep. he really does <laughs> um so if you are a fan of the lack of plot in this movie perhaps josh you could uh Give us a IMDb plot synopsis. Please. <laughs> I can. I'm hoping it's just empty. <laughs> I, mean, I wish. Uh, right. In 1978, five 12 year olds win a CYO basketball championship. 30 years later, they gather with their families for their coach's funeral and a weekend at a house on a lake where they used to party. By now, each is a grown-up with problems and (laughs) challenges. Marcus is alone and drinks too much. Rob, with three daughters he rarely sees, is always deeply in love until he turns on his next ex-wife. Eric is overweight and out of work. That's a spoiler there. Kurt is a house husband, henpecked by his wife and mother-in-law. 
Lenny is a successful Hollywood agent married to a fashion designer with three kids <laughs> and his two sons take their privilege for gr- oh wait it's so Sorry. hard being Adam Sandler <laughs> it's really hard yeah. being Adam Sandler in this movie I, ha- I have I have I love him so much. I don't know. <laughs> I love him so much. You know how the, the balls on this man to cast the women he casts as his wife. I love it's it. Insane. Like he, he is. He is a wild, wild man. Uh, <laughs> why didn't he just do us all a favor and name all the characters their real life actor names? Uh, yeah, that's one oh of my, my God, notes. That that's a very good question. They should have. Because I have no idea who these dudes are. Who's the one with Their three daughters? Is that Rob Schneider? That's Rob yes. Schneider. Before yeah, he Rob turns Schneider out his has next... the hot daughters. Oh, no, I the, remember the, that. The, the one thing you'll f- find out about these IMDb plot synopsis is they are rarely correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are always terrible. <laughs> right. So did you get to the end the of Google it? The Google ones no, that I use often bit. feel like they're, they've been like put through like the Google Translator. Like Sometimes <laughs> they don't feel like they're actually, but it's neither here nor there. That's what these are like. Also, these never have punctuation, which is why it's just impossible to work out where the sentence is going to go or how long it's going to go on for. Uh-huh. Um, right. Lenny is a successful Hollywood agent married to a fashion designer with three kids and his two sons take their privilege for granted. Can the outdoors help these grown-ups rediscover connections? Or is this chaos in the making? Written by Jay Haley question? Can I ask oh, a question? Because yeah. I couldn't tell if if it was your accent or if they said bronups or is it grown-ups? Oh, shit. Grown-ups, yeah. Okay, because I like it being bronups. <laughs> that's, that's basically that's what this title. fucking movie is, is a better bro-nups. title. <laughs> bronups. But it... uh, uh, pitch it. Grown Ups no, 3. Don't, you, don't, you don't need to re- re-record it. I was just telling you that. Oh, I no, no, no. Like, no, 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 no. no just, it's just like, that is what the next movie will be. be grown Ups, Grown Ups. <laughs> they'll all be divorced yep. and they'll be hanging out, having a great time. Yeah. Oh, At God. the log cabin again? Who knows? Can I ask all a right. question about Grown Ups for a second? For, for oh, yeah. the panel? <laughs> I like having to a ask sec- a question about this movie you, you watched. <laughs> Did anyone believe genuinely that they were friends? That the characters within the movie were friends. That, the, um, that these five guys were friends. Like, did they have any interactions in in your professional opinion that felt genuine? Because all of it felt uh, like I know they're actually friends in real life, and yet none of that is conveyed on screen. That is that point. is such that is such an excellent question slash point, mm. Phil. Because I, my response was my glib little, but they're friends. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's. I, I think that's all. That, that Sandler is using to tie these people together. Yeah. This outside meta thing that you know that these five guys either came up on SNL together mm. or have worked together and over and over again because their interactions are so stilted yep. and in no way seem like the repertoire that you have with your friends that like me and yeah. you have or Jack and yeah. Josh have. I assume they're friends. That they have. <laughs> and, uh, There's no, that, there is no camaraderie in this film. It's not conveyed in any way, shape, or form. No. Like you don't you feel say that. that. You say that there is the bit where they all work together to perv on Rob Schneider's daughter. This is oh yeah, I only forgot time. that. So they've got their backs on that one. You're right. Like, they're pretty really good at that. Good at yeah, They're very good at that. Also, I I don't know. Like, don't you and your friends just constantly come up with 
really infantile nicknames to call each other and mm. uh, mock one of their accents that doesn't really sound like the way he he's being like they keep mocking Rob Schneider's accent in this movie and I'm just like I don't really think he talks like that. Yeah, no. I think I I I think that I think that they, I, so of course this movie in and of itself you know the 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 four walls of the screen. Uh, are essentially useless for us. But <laughs> there are really interesting kind of societal things in this movie mm. that I that I think are worth like discussing. Um, and uh, one of them, for instance, is the thing you just brought up, Jack, to me at least. Um, I went to camp, right? And mm. I remember the counselors <laughs> 10 years older than me that's about as old as they got five to 10 years, 15 years older than me did speak to each other in a way that like where insults were part of it, mm. right? Where people would have kind of mean nicknames for each other and people would just kind of roll with it. Right. You just kind of had to accept that if you, you know, if you had bad hair, you'd be called, you know, Wolfman or some stupid shit or, you know, whatever it is. So, that we don't do that me and my friends don't do that mostly because it's stupid but also <laughs> because also because you know we've kind of grown up in a society that's that's less uh accepting of that kind of behavior even among groups of guys so his the way these guys interact with each other does feel really you know ancient to me mm. but yeah. it also does feel like it doesn't feel like they're faking it. It feels like this might be the way these guys talk when they get together and, and wear their giant shorts and talk about, you know, whatever sports they're talking about. I mean, I'll say this. I the giant this is, shorts. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's safe to say I, with five comedic actors that they're probably deeply insecure individuals and that they mm. get some sort of pleasure out of the taking down their friends as much as they can. Um, so I, I, I believe that. The, the other thing, too, about... And I, I, I guess to speak sort of broadly about Adam Sandler films, I don't go as deep on Adam Sandler as Kenny does, so take everything I say with a grain of salt. But the, the Adam Sandler films that I've seen exist in this weird in-between space of, like, grounded and then wildly, like, insane. Like, that, yeah, they yeah. just they, they kind of vacillate between these two tones. And sometimes that works in say like a wedding singer or something along those lines where like you can have sort of these broad, crazy kind of comedic moments, but it's hardwired in heart. This film to me has the best of intentions, I guess, but like, I just didn't ever really buy into this. Yeah. Well, this guys, idea. What, you guys started with, uh, I guess, Big Daddy or did you no, start? Juice Bigelow is the first Happy Madison oh, wow. movie. So wow. you started with Deuce Bigelow. So you you and you guys haven't and aren't planning on doing the Billy Madisons and the Wedding Singers and all those. Or... We we we're probably going to do uh, some bonus episodes on sure. Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, mm -hmm. just because uh, namesake. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know if any, all our listeners have figured it out yet, but it is a, <laughs> it's a portmanteau of those two movies. It is. Um, <laughs> it's very clever. Uh, um, so, but I mean. Obviously, we know those movies. We've seen those movies. We sure. just not cover them on the box. Well, I think I think it's really instructive, right? Like, speaking of what, what Phil spoke to, for whatever reason, the movies before Happy Madison became a production company were a lot better at 
doing two things <laughs> at you know kind of having these two tones not be so um grating yeah. right Jarring. having the yeah. yeah and 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 making it so that they both kind of danced with each other right yeah. so like in billy madison and happy gilmore the wedding singer even you know the water boy um they all they, they all kind of are tonally elastic right yeah. where i feel like it all kind of it goes back and forth. Then I really do love Fifty First Dates, but mm-hmm. I really do hate the Rob Schneider parts in it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I really deeply that is really deeply upsetting to me that a movie that is like so sweet and has such an honest ending, like yeah. fucking big studio comedy ending like that is so bold mm. um, that they have to do these like. I don't know, like 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 seal fart jokes. Like I mean, well, so, so this is something we talk about a lot on the, on the pod. Mm-hmm. Unsurprisingly, <laughs> like maybe it goes back to what you were saying earlier about the way they view their relationships. It's kind mm-hmm. of a it's an echo where it's like in Adam Sandler's mind, possibly you can't be best friends with someone unless you can also take the piss out of them. You know, and like I'm sure there's something to break that. them yeah. down. So yeah. maybe it's like these films: the more hearts they have, the more you have to be like, "Oh, I love you." You can't. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's that kind of it's that kind of thing. Like he had to doesn't offset. that doesn't that speak to? And this is this is a great podcast. I'm already loving it. Doesn't that speak to uh, a, a a very particular type of fragile male sure. white? Northeastern Jewish <laughs> grew up around grew up around boys and Usually sports. Grow up on SNL. Type of, yeah, yep, type of yep. male ego that like I don't know what you can say on this pod. I don't even know what you guys are comfortable talking about, but you've heard our pod. So I don't care. Uh, <laughs> there is this con- among men in this kind yeah. of uh, age group. I would say there is this constant fear, or there was that we've grown up to some extent. This constant fear of being called gay. That was the thing. Mm. So what you're talking yeah. about right now is a perfect distillation of like, like, okay, like I'm gonna put my heart out there, but I'm also gonna have two dogs fucking in the background. So you know that I'm yeah. cool. And yeah, by cool no I mean you know that I'm rule. straight. No homo rule, exactly. And mm. it's and and in in be because like I it's a weird thing, like for a guy who's worth about five hundred million I still do feel this protection over Adam Sandler because he does present as a baby man who doesn't yeah. really get it. And I don't like feel that great about like pummeling him for like what is clearly latent homophobia. Well, I think it's, I mean, you know, we, you mentioned pummeled him for that. <laughs> you mentioned earlier that you guys just recently did Funny People. And I do think mm-hmm. that's the closest Adam Sandler's ever come to a self kind of acknowledgement of what he has you know rot on the world essentially you know the the films within fam, uh, the the movies he made as his character within funny people to me yeah. is him being like i know i make shit like it's i know that i man, make right? garbage he's he's, he's literally a baby there, yeah. man yeah he's a he's yeah. a baby man baby man um, yeah. or, or he's like a fish he's like a merman or some shit like that like he's just merman, he's he man. he truly which is why like you know kenny and i have talked about this a little bit just in in the sense of like does adam stanler strive for or long for you know critical 
awards or anything like that. I mean, Uncut Gems is probably the closest he's ever, he certainly is the closest he's ever come thus far. Mm. Um, and when he didn't get the awards, it kind of, you know, said fuck you to everybody and then signed another, you know, $500 million contract with Netflix or whatever. Like, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't really give a shit. Um, so I agree with Kenny's assessment that, like, Adam Sandler doesn't really care, but he is also just aware enough to make a funny people, or at least to let Judd Apatow what's, make a funny people. Yeah, this is, yeah. this what's is your take on that, guys? Oh, I mean, I mean just, yeah, feel free I, to ask us questions. Is, we love this talking. This is something I wanted to just bring up. Um, yeah. Because, um, so, you, we talking about funny people, and also going back to what you said, Kenny, about um, sort of the, uh, the early funny ones, to put it <laughs> in one way. Um, it... Uh, it uh, I do think, and as many of these things are, I think a lot of it is driven by the box office of it all. Sure. In sure. that, um, so the first uh, Happy Madison film to star Adam Sandler was Little Nicky, which was a big a flop. flop. Yeah. And it was also a big sort of like, it felt like a passion project for him. It felt like, you know, there were a lot of his characters from his CDs yeah. popping up in that movie. Yeah. And as, you know, there's there's whiteys in that movie the peepers in that movie and um and he's playing a, a all the all your favorite adam Sandler all your characters favorite, all the hits <laughs> i i grew up on y'all all the greatest hits. Yes, i'm in love with it exactly but well, I, yeah, so... I i do think that like little nikki to your point uh jack is is very um there was a lot of it was a there were a lot of attention on that film mm. especially on its mm. failure um and it was expensive too like i remember that yeah. they spent a lot of money on that thing too anyway Huge. i mean that's that's every happy madison movie <laughs> what was the what was the most expensive one again so um no i'm not sure if it was zohan i can get up which was the most expensive well uh, let me ask you guys a question i was gonna ask you uh as uh sandler connoisseurs as sandler con- <laughs> oh no as San- <laughs> as, as, as as men who exist within the confines of the Sandlerverse. Yeah. Uh, what is your take on Sandler's uh, sabbaticals in the world of proper film? Uh, and I think, like, you know, there are the, fail- there are the failures, that, you know, the, the Cobbler and Rain Over Me that no one really acknowledges. And I think people think the Cobbler wasn't an attempt at that. Cobbler was fucking Tom McCarthy's follow-up. Like, yeah, the, fu- the yes. Cobbler was a, an attempt at something great. Um, but, uh, you know, the good ones, the punch drunk love, Meyerowitz, uncut gems. There might be one other that kind of was, wasn't there rain on me too. What about that one? I think rain on me was, it was a failure, but he tried. Yeah, yeah, we we've got an episode on Rain Over Me, and Rain Over Me. Us were were big fans. Yeah, horrible, horrible. Um, I so I love Punch Drunk Love. I love um, I think the Meyerowitz stories is so wonderful. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Uncut Gems is is fantastic as well. Me and Josh went to see that in the cinema together when we were legally allowed to do so. One of the last films pre-lockdown. Can I? Here's. Can I? Ask, I have a question for for everybody, and I kind of posited this to, to Kenny wait, the other this day. This started but... with a question. I'm just, oh, I'm sorry. Wait, wait a sec. I, I asked them a the question. question. I asked them a question of what they think. Uh, what they think about those? So no, no, no worries. No worries. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, yeah, I think, I think it, it ties back into the whole reason we're doing the podcast is. We like him for that as well. In fact, we like him more for that. I do, at least. <laughs> I know, Josh, you're a big Ridiculous Six fan. Yeah, huge. Um, Love it. <laughs> but it's 
yeah, he, he is. This is what makes him fascinating, and um, and I think like you can even put funny people under that sort of I umbrella of those of those sort of better Adam Sandler movies, mm. where we've we've found very much um, watching these movies that he likes to play. Well, at least audiences like him to play the likable guy. The nice guy. Not the likable guy. The guy that everybody likes. He's never a nice guy, but everyone no, seems to like never. him. Yep. Um, which is very apparent in this movie as well. But I think he does have an interest in those darker roles. Like it's. I think it's happening more and more. Like Obviously, the Punch Drunk Love is that first sort of step into it. And everyone's like, oh my god, what a fantastic performance. And then you don't get anything like that for a while. And then you get like the double punch of... Um, Men, women, and children, and the cobbler yeah. in the same year. Uh, <laughs> what what a year! Um, men, men, women, and children was like Jason Reitman. Right? Jason Reitman. Yeah, yeah. yeah that movie doesn't. I mean, that movie doesn't exist. They're oh, just ob- they're obviously a bunch. Like, it's never. It's it's never like. Um, I think Phil and I have spoken about this, and I think everyone knows this, but it's never like Adam Sandler's on anyone's lists, right? There's not like all right if we don't get Affleck, we'll go to Sandler. It's it's always like these guys are like I've always wanted to work with Sandler. It, Let, it feels know. like he gets repeatedly Tarantinoed by a series of yeah. characters. Yeah, like people looking at him and going like, I know he's got range. I fucking grew up on him. Yeah. Let's get him in for this one film, and then he does really well, <laughs> and then just go straight back to doing what he was doing before because well, that shit like, pays oh. like a, a ridiculous amount of money and yeah. i mean I, yeah. this this was well this... that's that's what it comes down to i think is that like i was gonna say like with funny people he does just before grown-ups yeah. which is a 50 million dollar movie and makes just like 56 million dollars yeah <laughs> and grown-ups ends up at uh it's an 80 million dollar movie and 80? makes he <laughs> makes two hundred and seventy-one point four million worldwide. Yeah, oh. and so he's gonna stick to doing these. Films. <laughs> I mean, they um, spent too much money on Grown Ups. That movie should not have cost eighty million dollars. Uh, they all, so they're all in this rate. Every... But it's all the belo- above the line people, right? Like it's all those fucking. Yeah. It's all the talent they're paying to keep that. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it's crazy. Do, you, do you, I mean, do you have any real numbers what that got paid, or should we just like have fun and take s's? I mean, I mean, I have ooh. no real numbers. If, if your no budget, wouldn't, wouldn't you, Kenny? And I, again, I'm just spitballing. I don't know this off the. But I'm assuming half that budget is above the line talent. Say it is. Say forty. Split split forty among. Split thirty five. I guess among those, assuming they they'll pay they pay the women something. Um, <laughs> Salma assuming, Hayek's on some of the posters. Assuming, so you assuming, wow. Some, there you it go. Was Salma, yeah, the, but say all right. Split. Let's split 40. Split 40 among those five guys. How would you do it? You got 40, 40 mil. You got those five guys. I mean, I think... Yeah, Kevin James is at the top of that, right? Yeah. No, after Sa- uh, below Sadler. Oh, Chris I Rock. reckon yeah. you can split it exactly the way that they... Or exactly in the order in which they appear on the poster where they're coming down the log flume. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sandler first, then James, then Rock. Then right. who's that? It's and a dead tie between Spade and Schneider Spade are getting Schneider. like, yeah. like I, I think you're paying. I think you're paying Sam. I think Sandler says yeah, it's twenty every time I, I wake up. Wake up. <laughs> so I, I get twenty. twenty I think yeah. twenty, 20 between the other, twenty between the other four guys. I think you got to give Rock the money. I I think mm, that Chris Rock sets maybe. this apart from any other movie. Chris Rock is the 
is the, huh, maybe this isn't terrible because Chris Rock read and agreed to do it. But I actually think Chris Rock is that for Sandler in life. I agree. In life, mm, yep. Chris Rock is like the guy who you have to like account for. If you're a Sandler hater, uh, you have to account for the fact <laughs> that Chris Rock clearly thinks he's a genius. Now, I'm a Sandler yeah. lover, and when you go a little deeper, you realize all these people you respect think Sandler's a genius. But not yeah. a lot of them are willing to have, you know, like, to, to, to have their face in a, you know, pile of sure. throw up. So right. <laughs> Chris Rock is willing to willing to make these movies with them. So I think I think Chris Rock is a is a is a high minded cosign. I think mm, Kevin I James is is clearly a big deal for for everyone at this time. So I would go. I would give Rock at least eight of that. Yep. Yep. I'd go maybe five for for James. Yep. Five at that or six point. for James. Yeah. So let's say yep. six. Six. I. I. There's no way. There's no way Spade is walking on for less than than five at that point. Really? What, <laughs> yeah. He's like. He, Spade is the kind of guy who would walk out and be like, "Wait, wait. You're telling me you're paying. You're paying Kevin James six, and you can't pay me more than two? He's like, "I was Joe Dirt. And it's back to rules of engagement over here. Rules this of engagement. Like, Maybe it's like you Pull, get points out the back end. J- yeah. J- Kevin James is fresh off Blart. Oh uh, shit! Yeah, riding high. <laughs> so riding, riding high, high on his Segway. You guys did that, right? Yeah. That's happy. That's happy, Madison. Right? Yeah, that? that's yeah, what we did. Blart. Yeah. What do you guys Big think fan. of Blart? Yeah, Love it's good. It. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is hotter on Blart than I am. Uh, he is. Uh, he is. He is actually, um, in my opinion, very charming on screen. I think he. Yeah, genuine. I think I might have said this on Blart, and if I didn't. It's a major oversight. But yeah, I think he is the most like charismatic one and likable. He can no instantly, question. in the way that Sandler, every, at the beginning of every Sandler film where he is, as Jack said earlier, like meant to be the likable loser. Instead of having, as Sandler does, just loads of people saying, he's the best. James somehow manages to have basically the same scenes, but actually come across likable. So yeah. that well, I think that's I think them. that's that's all those years on King of Queens. Like I think mm. there's something very affable about him, very everyman about him that I yeah, think yeah. obviously, you know, people people appreciate. There's a very kind of um uh Fred Flintstone kind of vibe to him. Like just that <laughs> that's you know a really I mean? good call. Yeah, yeah. The, you yeah. know, it's it's I'm gonna get into some places that I probably shouldn't go, but I'm gonna go there <laughs> for, for 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 a large guy. A bigger yeah. guy like Kevin James, mm. uh, you're very often and think of Farley and we just did Uncle Buck on uh, on our show. So John Candy and a yeah. lot of these guys, you're very often pigeonholed into um, the 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 buffoon, right? Yeah, like a yeah. big like like a big fat buffoonish character. Yep. Um, I just watched like with my kid. I just watched Rush Hour last night, and uh, Chris Penn is in it. They're calling Chris Penn fat the whole movie, and it just gets me thinking. Like this is Chris Penn, you know? Like <laughs> yeah. this. Show like, some you, respect. Like, like, I just like that's like like when you're when you're when you're overweight in Hollywood, you have to go yeah. into these roles where they're going to call you fat all the time. So there is a certain try hard to a lot of these guys that can be a little grating. Uh, James doesn't really have that. James doesn't. So he definitely has, you know, the he definitely has like the bulk, but he doesn't have that tryhard thing. He really just has like dad, you might know, a dad, you might know vibe. 
And yeah. I love that about him. I'll tell you a movie I watched that of his, and I think you guys do. I think it is a Happy Madison. Is uh, Here Comes the Boom? Yeah, fucking love. Here Comes the Boom. It's a good movie. He's so good in it. It's like it's like fun warrior. You know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I yeah. can't wait until we get to it. Yeah, I no, love I mean, Warrior. I love Here Comes the Boom. Any, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Save us all. Shall we do, do a double fights. bill of Warrior and Here Comes well, the Boom? I mean, we I should. Mean, yeah, Warrior is an A plus movie. movie <laughs> but, but Here Comes the Boom. Yeah, Here Comes the Boom is fun. Is is it's literally the same thing, right? It's literally yeah, it's, a t- a teacher becomes an MMA fighter. It's like it's yeah, the yeah. um. Uh, here comes the boom is the uh, airplane to um, Warriors to Zero Airport. Oh. <laughs> 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 they just took the same script. Yeah, uh, so but I yeah. but yeah. I think there's so, something yeah, to what I, you're I saying, Kevin Kenny. James, yeah. In terms of like, especially in Grown Ups, I felt like Kevin James was the character that I felt the most empathy towards. Quite frankly, mm. whenever they were mocking him or whatever the case might be, he it really registers with him. Whereas everyone else kind of like blows it off and just throws it back in their face or whatever. Whereas like, it feels like James kind of takes it to heart. Well, you know, the other thing, Phil, then like when we were talking about the beginning, these sound like real yeah. people, real yeah. friends. Well, the only reason they do is because you know that they have a history together and you know that yeah. like, they're probably yep. something there. Well, we also know us connoisseurs of happy Madison. We also <laughs> know that Kevin James is a new friend. Right? Yeah. Right. The other right, four yeah, guys yeah. are old friends, but Kevin James role, is a guy. What's that? The role was originally written for Farley. There you go. Uh, oh, that's even that's even The script was written in the 90s, apparently. Written in the 90s? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so, this, I mean, this script was written in the 90s? <laughs> Like oh. he wrote on, he wrote down so, on a napkin. Oh, go to cabin he, with pals. Yeah, like fuck <laughs> off. Could, written in the nineties. This, this could have, have been a ninety nine movie if you were so lucky. Uh, have, have, but have you guys ever world. been? Have you guys ever been like a newer friend, like walking oh, into sure, an old sure, group sure. of friends? Yeah. Like this is how I feel whenever Phil brings his friends on the podcast, where I'm like, I'm oh. the new guy, <laughs> and it's just like, no, I'm kidding, but you know, but I, but I, but there is a certain level of like, you know, when you bring like a couple of friends on the podcast yeah. there's or a, when there, you there, bring a couple friends on on for like major league or something like that you know what i mean a hundred percent a hundred percent but, <laughs> I but I, like we've got to mediate between you two but now. i no no hundred <laughs> percent yes but 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 i let's can't I, but but yeah you're the new friend and like yeah. you know you, yeah. you all right so let's do it the other way like you need yeah. me to kind of bring you into conversations yeah. and you, you're an interloper and that's, yeah. yeah and kevin james really gives off that yeah. energy and hundred percent what adam sandler is fucking not there for him he hangs him out, <laughs> and it must be really hard being him. <laughs> you really do feel it's funny because, like, I mean, he's done probably more movies with Kevin James than he's done with most of this cast. Like, actually, like, been in the films, right? Like, has he been in that many movies with Chris Rock or David Spade? No, the only like, other cast member-wise, he's produced movies, Chris, but Chris Rock cameos in you don't mess with the zohan and he's yeah. in longest and, yard and right he's in, in that... longest yard yeah before that those are the only two and then i don't think they're back together again till the week of so interesting which, which 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 i think speaks to, which speaks to kenny's point right which is that chris rock clearly <laughs> has some sort of taste it is like <laughs> i'm drawing a line in the sand and i'm only going to be in certain types of movies i'll yeah. only do grown-ups damn and i care right. about art but like kevin james will be in i now pronounce you chuck and larry and he'll mm. gladly cash that check 
Yeah, yeah. Kevin James need yeah. no, that's that's Kevin James like first film like outside of um, Hitch like Hitch. Come on. And I'm not having this Hitch erasure. <laughs> <laughs> I will not stand for this. Yeah, what is Hitch is Hitch good? Like I haven't watched um, it since it came out, so I can't really it. speak to if it holds up. But it's a I difficult always... question. Is it's it good? Hitch, Hitch is like in my mind. Hitch is like a perfect free star movie. Oh yeah, like, it's just like it's it coasts off Will Smith's charm. Sure, uh, it also coasts a bit off uh, Kevin James's charm. Banging soundtrack. Um, banging soundtrack. It's the film that every girl at uni owned. That's how I always oh, okay. remember it. Whoa, Anytime I'd go to uh, go to a girl's um, place at uni, they always had a copy of Hitch on DVD. I just feel like when someone <laughs> says Hitch to me, I just see the poster. Which is Will Smith sitting on the word "hitch," shrugging like like that. Like that's it just says Will Smith that's is the hitch. movie. No, I I, I recognize that, that but it's like it's just that's the movie to me, which is just like Will Smith is hitch, and he's doesn't know how to feel about it. We, we genuinely got into that. this on our on our now, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry episode where we were just like, how did they were they able just to market a film with just like a picture of a guy <laughs> with a word that means nothing to anyone? Yeah, yeah. they, they should have just said date doctor wi- anything. It should just said Will. Right? Seriously, <laughs> why? Yeah, it is. Like we got it. We know what we you can. want. You want Will? Uh, <laughs> that was, if I remember correctly, like that was the first movie. I believe that Will Smith actually had like a romantic plot line in it. Correct. Right? Isn't that Correct. crazy? That's crazy. Yeah. Really? Are we yeah. saying that him and Rosario Dawson is not a romantic plot I think plot that was after it. Was, I think I'm pretty sure. No. Oh, wait, what, what movie was Men saying? in Black 2 was technically it's before Hitch, right? Two, that's 2002, and I think yeah. Hitch is 2004. I thought I you know. were talking about 8 Pounds, where it was romantic oh. in 8 Pounds. <laughs> Uh, but, um, no, there's, there's, uh, well, I guess they don't, they don't technically end up together because Rosario Dawson has to go into the sky and make it rain. I think, um, I think that what Kenny's <laughs> getting at is that it was his first like romantic yeah. comedy, like no, overt so. rom com movie. Because, oh, yeah, and, and quite frankly, he doesn't really go to that well very often. Well, no, they don't like that and focus, I guess. Focus, yeah. Focus is the other. Well, I I wouldn't make that face. I love. Focus. I make that face just because of the age discrepancy and and whether or not it's like I don't know. Anyway, come on. Kenny's waving me off, saying that I. I'm only off waving. Phase. I'm only. The man is old enough off. to be her father, but whatever. You know, I, you know, hey, hey. Man, I just <laughs> you know. I just listen. Joyce Van Patten is old enough to be Rob Schneider's mother. Great well, point. This is true. Good point. Look at him. That was good mm-hmm. podcasting. Let's get back into it. <laughs> 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 Shit. How, oh my how'd god! How did you guys feel about that? How how did, how did that joke make you feel in your uh, in, in your in your gut? <laughs> Every Rob Schneider joke in this movie is like a uh, rejected SNL sketch. Uh, the yeah. idea it'd be like, oh, you know, a yeah. get together of people and a guy shows up with his older wife. That's an SNL sketch to me. Mm-hmm. Got an old and wife. Then, He's a hippie man. You, you do it again, and you say, oh, Rob Schneider, he comes on, he's got these two very attractive daughters, and then he's got the one daughter who looks like him. Yes. That's an SNL sketch. It, it's not It's not a plot in a movie. I do love it's her It's not a mullet, plot in though. this movie. I feel so sad. She's not. She's been in, like, one I episode of too. a Nickelodeon show and nothing else, and I just feel like she's very sort of up for the joke in this, 
and I, I, I kind of like that about her in this, mm. and then it's just a sad that I don't. She doesn't seem to have gone on from it. Can I ask? So I, I have a question that I that I was going to ask earlier, but I, I and, and I know we're not really saying. Are we sticking in chronological order of plot, or can I jump to a question about the end? We can oh, it's jump very important. Okay, to, okay. I think it's very important to this film. It's <laughs> such a linear <laughs> yeah, film. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's very you complicated. Know, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's a very complex storyline. Uh, I really did not know how to feel about the end of this film when Adam Sandler consciously misses the shot mm. for the lesser thans so that they have a moment to shine. Yeah. Am I supposed to think that that makes him a good guy? Yes. Well, there's the weird line okay. he okay. has where he <laughs> says that um, I think the faders needed to lose for once. And I was like... When was that seeded into Did the he movie? Did he say that? I thought yeah, he said, he said yeah. about, I didn't think he said that. I thought he said it. they need to win for once. He says Isn't that they, they needed to win and maybe the faders needed to lose. Oh, fuck, I missed that. <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> I just saw the first bit and then was like, yes. He's like, he, says that, he says that to Salma Hayek and she like nods knowingly. And you're like, well, when was it implied that these people need to learn to lose? It wasn't like that they were like no. living. They, no. they were the ones who weren't living off that basketball game. Yeah. It was, yeah. it's, a, it's a very, um, I mean, this is a film that just drops in sort of plot development as it goes. Yeah. And it's sort of, Every there's story. that whole sequence on the, on these, the, um, the pier where suddenly everybody is dropping truth bombs and you're sort of like was yeah. this was this part of the movie was this conflict actually <laughs> there there's the whole thing where like Maya Rudolph calls Chris Rock out for flirting with the the yeah. nanny yeah. and and you've seen like one scene of him speak to her in Chinese and that is it <laughs> Chris yeah. Rock gets so screwed in this movie his character is so flat there's like nothing going on there i, I just it, it i mean whatever I will but, uh, say Chris Rock though is the one laugh I have in this movie. Just one. I just oh, had one I, laugh. I definitely wow. laughed. Don't remember at any of them, but I definitely <laughs> laughed. My one laugh is just um is just uh Chris Rock and uh Tim Meadows interaction on the oh, basketball court. That was funny. And again, is an SNL sketch. Yep. But I just I I just like this idea of them competing mm. of which black guy they were. A joke that is essentially ripped off from not another teen movie. I was gonna say but... not another teen movie <laughs> <laughs> when he kicks Sean Patrick King out. Get out of here! He's like, hey, I'm the black guy. In that's really funny. <laughs> that but you know, <laughs> that is a great movie. That's yeah. a that's a wonderful movie. And like that's the, for my money, that's Chris Evans' best performance. Um, Ooh, uh, drone. <laughs> That that is not an insult. That is that that, not that, that is not an insult. In no way it is an, it, it is, is so high praise. Good. Cuz like a great role. He's so good. Like that that is one of those Adam Sandler things to me where if if you watch that movie and the <laughs> the way he is able to cuz that character plays that movie or the the actor plays that yeah. movie 100% straight. The yeah. craziest things happen around him, and he never flinches. This is the world he's in. Now, granted, Anna Faris did the same thing in, in Scary Movie. Scary Movie, yeah. Yes. But that was brilliant, too. It's not easy to do that. It's not easy to be Leslie Nielsen. And they both pull it off, like, incredibly well. And I, and I, I think they're two of our finest actors. I would trust them to do anything. What's your number, man? Great movie. My, uh, one of, yes. The, the one, movie, What's, what's your, your Number? Yeah, we're there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chris Evans yeah. and Anna Faris together. I, yes, I, yes. The working title was "How many dudes have you fucked?" 
<laughs> great working title uh, for a movie. I, I, so I just, I, not, not to pivot back to my question, but I'm going to for a quick second. Because I do feel like there's something a little bit more insidious about the end of this film. Because I do feel as though there's a little bit of like, Sandler puts himself on a pedestal a little bit in some of his films where like he, I, I just don't know that I totally love, especially in this film, this, which is, it feels like a thinly veiled version of Adam Sandler's life. And, <laughs> yeah. and basically he's just like, yeah, I mean, I basically got everything. So here's, here's some droppings to the fucking plebs of what, like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> I just don't love that thematically. I don't think it's a thesis statement. It's a solid one that this film should be built on, but no, I hundred percent. It's also like that. all the way through the film, Adam Sandler has the correct course of action. Like he's right. he's not put a foot wrong at any point because even you know at the beginning his kids are acting bratty. It's kind of implied that it's not his fault because yep. he wants them to go outside and play, and then it's like oh. Yeah. He could be the arsehole because he's making them leave from this thing early. You know, they're all hanging out. But then it turns out he didn't actually even... He already cancelled the tickets. What so a plot twist. So he'd already done this. Yeah. What a what plot twist, twist that adds to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would have been a much shorter film if they went home then. This but is it's true. just... It's, it's insane. She comes out, she's like, You cancelled the flights before we left. He's like, Yeah, I did. And it's... Okay. Yeah, no, it's fine. There's no consequences <laughs> for anything in this movie. No, again, because it was the right choice. And this whole film is just about everyone, everyone yes. around Adam Sandler accepting that he is, is God. right. Yes. Yeah, about all things. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say something that that's not gonna line up perfectly. But if you go with me, I think you'll get there. Okay, I'm excited. You know the end of. Um... Usual Suspects, the greatest trick that ever Devil Ever Pulled was mm. convincing the world he didn't exist. I think that there's a brilliance, and I'm talking about a, a, a business-level brilliance to what Sandler did. Because mm. Sandler has somehow been completely immune to these type of criticisms, the very valid type of criticism you just put forth, Phil, about his privilege, about his whiteness, about his status, about his tone deafness, about his racism, his misogyny, homophobia, all this stuff that is throughout all his film, that, that th is throughout all his films. And right around the time of Grown Ups, I would, it was a little long, a little later, but not much later. It's probably like what you guys know better than I do, but, but thought four years ago, five years ago, six years ago with the Netflix deal, 2015, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. 2014. The deal 2014? Right around then, I think he realized that uh, he can basically disappear from public from from the from the cultural conversation on Netflix. Continue to make Ooh. as much money as he's been making. Do it exactly the way he's been doing it. Those movies I've seen a few of them are all just really. It's not even that they're bad. They're just not even movies. They're just they're so. <laughs> They're so ephemeral. They're just like they, they they don't conform to anything we know about movies. They're they're they, they're Adam Sandler joke pieces. delivering devices. Yeah, they're yeah. Yeah. If, if those aren't movies, what is this? This is not yeah. a movie either. This I'm is with not you. a movie. Yeah. This is not a documentary. You, 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 you didn't catch me in a logical fallacy. I agree with you. <laughs> um, but but uh, yeah, that's my point. So I think that there's something like really interesting because. You know, we feel you're talking about that—that that, uh, yep. how that rubs you the wrong way—and of course, and I'm trying to think why it doesn't rub me the wrong way. And it's because, mm. like, and this is a weird thing to say about a, about a guy who clearly, like, everybody loves and everyone cares about. 
But like these Adam Sandler movies don't actually matter in the way a Seth Rogen movie matters. Like if Seth Rogen does something like like this stuff in his movies, like he could really suffer some consequences, right? Yeah, and true. some guys, some some guys, children, men, women, whatever, but his audience could take the wrong cues from it. Yeah. But I think mm. that there's this implicit thing that people who watch Adam Sandler movies either are already too far gone or already <laughs> kind or already kind of get that like this is this weird ass performance art shit he's doing um that isn't really intended to be viewed in the same canon as everything from Citizen Kane to Godzilla versus Kong it is not in it is not there it is some other thing so I that's get. it well, that's I think I it's think like, that's um, sorry go ahead, please oh, sorry. sorry no no oh i was just going to say it's like you know if you're Imagine cinema as being on a diet and all of these foods that you're eating, they have consequences, they have calories that stack mm -hmm. up to them. Adam Sandler films are when you're on holiday. And they don't count. Nothing counts. Like, when you're at the lake with your friends. Yeah, exactly. You can have a, you can have a grown ups. You can have a grown ups if you want. It doesn't matter. It'll go right what in and right happens? out. You you might you yeah. might see it you might see it on the way out. Who knows? But, it just... <laughs> but I think this all speaks as well to sort of what we were talking about a little bit earlier, which is that I, that that when a a Safdie brother or a Paul Thomas Anderson comes out of the mm. woodwork and says to him. Hey man, I want to weaponize your thing, and I want to, I want to like deconstruct it and do something totally fucking weird with it. And Adam yeah, Sandler's yeah. like, I mean, uh, okay, sure, and he does it. And then all of a sudden, he he actually becomes a lightning rod again in terms of people being like, Adam Sandler can fucking act, like what the fuck? And then he just goes back and does some Netflix shit that no one <laughs> will ever watch. So he does kind of have the it. best of both worlds. <laughs> You know, in the sense that he can be able to sort of do those two things. Yes. Um, and, and, and he has figured it out. I mean, the, the funny part of it, though, is that like when he was doing the press circuit for Uncut Gems and he, to his credit, really did do the press circuit for that movie. Like mm. he was everywhere and he generally like he pops up on your on a Tonight Show or something like that from time to time. But like yeah. doesn't really do much. He did SNL. But he did SNL. Like he yeah. fucking pushed right. Uncut Gems uh, to his credit. And... And then when the movie doesn't fucking win anything, he goes to the Independent Spirit Awards and basically does a bunch of just mocks everybody and says, fuck all of you and goes and cashes checks. Like it's it's he really <laughs> has just figured it out. I mean, you got to well, hand I, it to him. I think I, I, once again, to go back to um, funny people, I think there's such an interesting way of looking at Sandler from sure. from grown-ups uh, from funny people to grown-ups because funny people is a film that we've described he is it's very on it's it's very open about how audiences see adam sandler mm. and he's playing a very he's he's far more unlikable in it than he is in in his movies and something that i think is very important none of his friends are in that movie norm mcdonald has a cameo and that is it well, yeah, the next true. movie he but... goes and makes <laughs> Is a movie where he is surrounded by his friends. Oh shit! Do you think is... this is a comfort movie? For sure, I almost do. Yeah. I oh, almost, yeah. yeah. I think he is like he went and did something that was probably very raw for him, probably very real. Um, and and then he's like, I, I, he's hanging out with also lots of sort of young people who looked up to him, mm. and and probably were seeing him in a way that 
he didn't want them to maybe see maybe he was it. uncomfortable that's a really good idea you know he probably it's it's probably like for him remember this guy has been one of the biggest stars in the world for almost 30 years it's probably yeah, like a a less uh virulent f- version of tom cruise in scientology when he's on a set where he mm. is a godhead he is left he he everything bad is is he's shielded from he is le- left to like kind of make, have the final to say work when he wants to work where would like i love that like it's so clear he's just i've seen him in in, in la he's just bring, wearing his own clothes like in this movie he's wearing whatever fucking he, yeah, he brought yeah, yeah. He, he brought on vacation he's just there is got to be something about this 80 million dollar ecosystem that is that is geared towards maximum sandlertude that probably is really comforting after a funny yes. people. I think that's a really strong observation. I think there's because- also, I want to I want to rewind a little bit farther back because I do think there's a film that feels like a bit of a fulcrum point from as well, which is Spanglish. I think oh, yeah. I think I think Spanglish Another was a whiff. moment. Another whiff, but also a moment when like had that movie clicked. Had that been like you know an old school James L. Brooks movie where like all of a sudden everybody comes off that film looking like Tom Hanks and everybody, you know what I mean? Like there is a version where that happens and that movie works and he gets an Oscar nomination. And I'm not suggesting that Adam Sandler wants to be Tom Hanks. Cause I don't really think that he does, but I think all of this comes back to one very simple thing for me, which is I just think that Adam Sandler is a pretty lazy guy. And I don't <laughs> say that with judgment. I really don't. Like, I think that he just wants path of least resistance and I think that, you know, he just wants to make his movies. He wants to make a, a truly abhorrent amount of money doing it. Um, he wants to play basketball. He wants to hang out with his friends. Like, that, to me, feels like Adam Sandler in a nutshell. I mean, he shows up for any sort of press wearing, as Kenny just said, like, you know, shorts and a fucking T-shirt. Like, that's just, that's who he is. Yeah. I think that it's too much work to be Tom Hanks. It's too much work to be that person. Well, so, it feels... Yeah. Maybe I'm so, wrong, but I I feel like Adam Sandler. And again, I know lazy has a negative connotation. I don't necessarily mean it in that way. I just think that he knows what he's I, good at, and he sticks in his lane. I also have a point that I that that I, I make on our podcast every once in a while. Yeah. But I think about it all the time, which is that film acting absolutely sucks. <laughs> it's, it is it is yeah. it is yeah. not acting. It's not acting in the way that you were trained to be an actor. It's not acting in a way that's enjoyable. It's doing the same thing five to 50 times in a row in slightly different ways with 80 people standing around you, some holding mics in your face, somewhat throwing powder on you between takes. It is so unenjoyable that I'm shocked that the Tom Hanks of the world even exists who'd want to go want to go like to do Captain Phillips and all these crazy oh, fucking news of the cast world cast crazy cast away <laughs> what are you doing it for it's a horrible horrible experience like it's so it's like like that is that is really like that is the 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 that is sacrificing for the culture being a feature mm. actor and the ones who are the Broadway actors or people who think are like the real actors, they're having fun getting to do something in chronological order, getting to actually, getting getting to actually be out, getting to actually be out there in the moment and have like an audience reaction. To your yeah, art. Yeah. I mean, like, are you kidding? Like that is that is like that's fun. So 
I do think that like it's interesting. I look at what Sandler does as like when he does an uncut gems or when he does a when he does you know any of the good movies, right? Any of the mm. good yep. ones. He is just watering the Sandler tree. He is just reminding <laughs> he's just reminding everybody that he exists, yes. he's yes. relevant, he is he is he is worth keeping in your mind, and especially you executives at Netflix, Ted Sarandos, like Keep me, keep me around. Twenty million a film. I'll bring in my money, and then every once in a while, I can go do something uh, that I think he probably fucking loathes. But yeah. you know, it's it's. It, I think it waters the Sandler tree. You know, it's funny. You, I didn't make this connection, and maybe I'm just, I'm totally talking out of my ass here. But the Adam Sandler Netflix Meyerowitz stories connection of like whether or not that movie maybe gets made by Netflix because Adam Sandler is in it. Like, I just wonder whether or not Noah Baumbach, he probably could have got that film made anywhere, I imagine, to some degree or another. But I wonder if the Adam Sandler Netflix thing made that film grease the wheels in order to make that film easier to make. But who knows? It's interesting as well, because I, um, I, 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 so I should bring this up because you talk about how he went out and promoted Uncut Gems. I feel very lucky in that I went to the uh, the London premiere of... Um, oh of uh Myroid stories and uh and adam sandler came out and did a little bit of a of an introduction and he it, it, he is a weird person to watch talking <laughs> <laughs> i bet he is i bet he is it's just very sort of mumbly and just just going hmm, you know bomb back called me and said you know me and stella we used to hang out so it was good times being on back with her. <laughs> it's just this sort of um yeah i don't know if you listen to the podcast um, with Paul Thomas Anderson and the Safety Brothers for A24 that they did a few years ago. Um, it's a really interesting episode. And, and, and Paul Thomas Anderson just talks about like when he went to Adam Sandler to do Punch Drunk Love, and Adam Sandler was like, yeah, I mean, maybe, I'm not really sure. And then apparently Sandler went to go see Magnolia, which had been in theaters at the time. And watched that film, called up Paul Thomas Anderson and was like, what What the fuck are you expecting me to do here? Because like, I can't do any of that shit. <laughs> this speaks to the point that I was going to make, is that I don't think it's about like, yeah, watering the sound or him coming out and showing what he can do. I think he literally thinks that all he can do is the sorts of films that he makes day in, day out. Right. And every so often, a director will come and go... I want you to do this. And he's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then the director kind of talks him in. It's like, yes. no, you're going to be really fucking good. We're going to get Oscars with this. Yeah. And then he builds himself up and he's like, yes, yeah, no, fuck it. And he puts it all into it. And then he doesn't get that nod. Yep. And he's just like, fuck it. Well, fuck this. Like, what's the <laughs> yeah. point? And then it takes I, like three or four years. Yep. And then another one comes along and it's like, yeah. well, you can. He's like, no, I can't do that. I can't do this again. I swear to God. Well, you're going to get an Oscar for that. Okay, right. right. If you really good, fine. I think this. I think this speaks to what we spoke about on Funny People, where he was nominated. No, he wasn't. He was. He was, os- he was offered um, uh, the role in Inglorious Bastards, and he yeah. turned it down to do yeah. Funny People. And I feel like it's probably like, well, I could go be in this Tarantino movie and really try and stretch myself, or I could hang out with a guy I used to hang out with a lot in New York, <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, and have yeah. him uh, present me to the world. It, it would have been all about me. It would have been weird. It was the Bear Jew, right? It would have been yeah. interesting yeah. Have been if he if he took that role. I have a question for the panel. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Jim Carrey should have won two Oscars. I think every intelligent person knows that. 
Uh, but yep. Jim Jim Carrey's gone now, right? Jim Carrey is he he, he has he has there's there's almost... Did somebody not see Sonic the Hedgehog last it... year. Well, it's that's one know, of the Oscar noms, right? You know what? You know what? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna retract that a little bit. It's not utterly insane that Jim Carrey could find his way back into a conversation. It's not you know, but it's no. it seems very unlikely. Sandler's in the conversation every three or four years. Yeah, Do yeah. we think that Adam Sandler one one day will be nominated, and will he one day he win an Oscar? I think he no, will. The only he will be nominated. He'll never win. The only mm. comedians who can get nominated are Steve Carell and Jonah Hill, and uh, and that's it. That's uh, I believe that is the law. Bill Murray gets nominated. Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray. Bill Murray. That's true. Bill Murray. In yeah. recent years, yeah. <laughs> people do. Yeah, for whatever reason, people think. I mean, Jonah Hill. Okay, but people do think Steve Carell like has transcended this somehow. That he has like. Yeah. Become, but they haven't seen Welcome to Marwin though. Really. Most people have not seen Welcome <laughs> to Marwin. Yeah. And I have. Um, I have. <laughs> I, I'll say this. So you make it interesting. The, the Jim Carrey comparison, I think, is is apt because I do think that the difference between Jim Carrey and, and Adam Sandler is I think Jim Carrey wanted to be Tom Hanks or Robin Williams. Like he wanted to, he wanted 100%. to get to that to that mm. next plateau. You don't make the and... majestic unless that's what you want. <laughs> exactly, the majestic. But you don't make the cobbler. the cobbler was adam sandler's majestic i just think adam sandler ultimately you you know we've we've i feel like we've said it a little bit at nauseum but like ultimately he's he's interested a little bit more in the paycheck he's interested a little bit more in quality of life than he is Mm. in winning the academy award um but i i agree with what kenny is saying you know jim carrey should have certainly been nominated for eternal sunshine wasn't nominated for eternal sunshine probably should have won for man on the moon um you know oh, I, i'm I think saying that... truman show dude yeah, and truman show as well yeah, yeah, yeah. But i love man on the moon as well man on the moon so, yeah. yeah i mean that's our that's our year yeah. i wonder yeah. if he will I win mean... for us at the end phil he, the winner the guy who actually won certainly won't that's a fucking <laughs> that's a for sure <laughs> You guys have covered this at Nozium on your pod, but like 1999 is just a crazy Oscar year in general. Crazy. Like, <laughs> the crazy. Fucking nuts. Of all the films that came out in 1999, looking at that best picture lineup. It's insane. It's very. A, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the Cider House rules in the Green Mile alone, like just those two being in the top, in the fucking best picture category is just. <laughs> that was, those were crazy at the time. And in retrospect, <laughs> American Beauty winning is. Is at, is cr- is crazier than Crash winning to me? Like it's a it's a, it's a crazier true. movie. I I well I mean Cra- Crash is crazy, 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 crazy. But like American Beauty won not because they not American Beauty won because people thought it was so fucking cutting edge. Like we live in a world now where Green Book won, so. It's true. Green, yeah, Green, Green Book won because I think, you know, everyone was like, well, we gave it a moonlight. We're going to do one for us this year, motherfuckers. <laughs> I can't wait to see what wins the next year. I feel like next year it's got to be like, it's got to be another Green Book. Like, it just has to be. They got to, after a parasite and a, perhaps a nomad land, they're well, going to have to pivot far really from depends, that shit. I, I, I really, I really truly like Ch- Trial of Chicago 7, but if tri- but don't count it out. I think Nomadland's going to win too. But yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. a strong I adherent to the one to the that. one for us, one for them thing that they've been doing. <laughs> so it's 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 the it's to be fair to this year. I think this is one of the 
best sort of lineups for it's best. It's a good film. lineup. Yeah. It's a good lineup. Yeah, mostly because like the there was only a few films because <laughs> like, they could have no but, choice. Their hands were forced. I'm just going to make my quick joke about uh, Green Book and say that I honestly believe that was the Academy giving uh, Peter Farrelly an award for Stuck on You, which was long overdue. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> I, I really like the end of Stuck on You. I love Stuck on You. Yeah. I honestly, like, I, I could do a podcast where I just talk about Stuck on You for five years. I don't think I've ever seen Stuck on You. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, mean, I really like the Truly Madly Polly Shore idea. Uh, and, truly, and truly madly earnest, but it does feel to me like the next stop after Sandler is really the Farrelly brothers. Mm. That's uh, interesting. Uh, uh, Farrelly, uh, the, the one I also really want to do is just uh, every film based on a Saturday Night Live sketch. Truly, truly madly, Lord Michaels. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Can I ask just, a uh, question? Has and uh, forgive me, I don't know the answer to this. Has Adam Sandler ever been in a in a Farrelly brothers movie? No, because mm. that feels sort of surprising to me. Because he does, but that's the thing. He, the only directors, the interesting directors he works with are the ones who do his his other movies. You know, right, the, not Dennis uh, Dugan. The others. Yeah, it's the we've got Dennis. We've got Dennis Dugan. We've got Steve Brill. We've oh. got um. How uh, many Dennis Dugan? How many times has he directed Adam Sandler? Surprisingly, this is only our fourth one that I think we've covered. Really, I don't know why um, I thought he did a bunch of them. He he does a bunch. This he so he, 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 he did for a ones. while. Okay. Yeah. So he does the Netflix What a ones. career! He's so he did <laughs> what a career. Gilmore, Big Daddy. <laughs> um, Yo. The Benchwarmers. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. You don't mess with the Zohan. Grown Ups. Just go with it. Jack and Jill. Grown Ups too. That's Dennis Dugan. That's a solid nine film. That's nine nine movies. Does anybody know who Dennis Dugan used to be married to? No. Fuck no. Who? It's the best answer possible. (gasps) Joyce Van Patten. Oh. The woman who played Rob Schneider's wife in this movie. And they got divorced in 87. (laughs) He called up the mother of his kids and said, do you want to play the old wife? (laughs) And she said, of course. You want to play the joke of the movie? I was going to say that there was a... They gave her an an unnerving amount of dignity in this movie. Mm. Like, she was... she's, She's pretty good in it. Like, I don't think she's very funny, but she's very up for what is yeah. happening in the movies they and she um like we covered uh we covered grandma's boy before and oh. i don't think the the uh the grandmothers in that movie really get a chance to shine um, just, um i think i don't think the grandmas in grandma's boy really got a chance to shine is my favorite review of grandma <laughs> it's accurate <laughs> But you know, because because we found, I found a, a bonus feature on iTunes where they were like, "We took this role so we could be fun and young." And I was like, "No, you took this role it because no one money. was giving you anything else." Yeah, yeah, um, and and Joyce Van Patten in this, I think she is. I quite like the the moment. On, I I don't like the rest of the moment on the pier, but when she sort of like stops and is like, yeah. explains the meaning of the movie or yeah. whatever. Mm. It's oddly enough the most honest part of the movie. Yeah, it's I I, I like it because and I actually I think she's honestly her and Rob Schneider are the best part of this movie. But I like it because like it is remembering that uh, it is remembering to use every tool in your tool chest. 
right? Mm-hmm. It would be a, it it would be fine. It would be very very Adam Sandler. They did this with you know the Maya Rudolph mother character, who was the woman from um, from Billy Madison. But it would mm. be very Adam Sandler to just have her be a joke. But it is nice to remember she also is a sixty some year old woman who has lived a little bit. She practices this unusual lifestyle, and maybe she has an interesting take on what they're going through. So I yeah. I think that that is a that like that is something you can learn from this movie. I mean, there's not a lot here, but that there's there there is an interior life to this character which you almost would never see uh, in any other comedy like this, making that kind of joke, which is a pretty lame joke, but weird amount of kind of dignity given to that relationship, like shocking. I yeah, no, I, I completely agree, and um, she did. She doesn't quite make it, but she was a uh, strong choice for my MVP on the. On this really? Movie. Yeah. I'm trying to come up with an MVP and an LVP in my head as, <laughs> as we're talking about this. I, I've got, I've got my, I've, I've got an MVP. I actually don't have an LVP yet because it's hard to pick. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's a real actually, while, while we're on, while we're on Joyce Van Pan, I actually want to talk about how much I would have actually rather seen a film that just focused on the the female characters in this movie mm, because the sure. one scene we get with them at the water park yeah where the guy from uh, Saskatchewan comes over yep, yep, yep. what a joke guys That's... what a joke <laughs> he's got a funny what, voice what a, what a guy <laughs> but i i do like it's they like, all seem to have it's... a bit of a nice chemistry they together do. they feel more like friends they at really points like... than i us. agree well, it's, um, and you know, a film starring Salma Hayek, Maria Bello, and Maya Rudolph. Four so pretty good actors. I mean, I yep. you know, I, I I kept thinking, you know, the only one nominated for an Oscar in this whole cast. Does anyone know? Salma Hayek. Salma Hayek. That's correct for Frida. <laughs> oh, for Frida, of course. Yeah, Salma Hayek, and I and I I think Maria Bello is there's something so I I actually it's so adorable the way she does that little pole dance thing. Um, mm. That I almost can't believe, like something that nuanced and that, like, uh, you know, that subtle. I can't believe it's in that, this movie either. Like, it's just perfect the way she does it. She just has this, like, this, like, mom coyness. Obviously, she's, like, a beautiful woman. Obviously, she's in great shape. And obviously, she has, like, nothing to, like, hide or be uh, self conscious about. But, like, she is breastfeeding, you know? And I know from having someone who's breastfed in my life for the last eight years constantly um it 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 is it is an unnerving kind of thing like insecure making thing no matter what Mm. you look like uh so yeah i thought maria bello did a really good job i i mean maria bello is great she i mean i the first time i took notice of her she was in the fourth season of er and then she left the show but she was a Mm. series regular for a season and um First time was she, History of Violence for me. Or maybe she's so it was Coyote good in History of Violence. She's so oh, fucking shit, good yeah. in that. And she's going to Coyote That's Ugly. what I thought she might have been Oscar nominated for, History of Violence. Yeah. Was she, it's, was it, she nominated? She was no. never nominated. No, I don't oh, think she, she was. Been, but yeah. when you said one one nomination, I was like, is it Maria Bella I think it's, for History I think of just Violence? William Hurt got nominated for History of Violence and maybe a yeah. screenplay nomination. But but I, I, I think that uh, I think she's great in this. I wish that there honestly had been more to the character than just yeah. an elongated breastfeeding joke. Um but uh, yeah, I mean, she she's great. I mean, my Rudolph is always great. You mm, know, some, it's it's yeah, yeah. some high like to your to your to your point, Jack. The three of them, 
I absolutely would have watched a film that was just the three of them, you know, getting a weekend off from their asshole husbands and children. Um, Throw Joyce Van Patten in there as well. Absolutely. Yeah, have, absolutely. Have her be the wild card of the group. But yes, yeah, I think you're, are you pitching wine like... country? Are we just pitching wine country yeah. right now? Is that <laughs> what we're doing? <laughs> yes, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah, I, it's, um, it's, yeah, sorry. Yeah, please go ahead. No, it's just, it's, they all just seem a little more up for this. Yep. They seem, because I guess they're not, they're not just playing themselves. They're all actually playing roles. Characters. characters. And their characters' and, sole existence is to make their husbands' lives hell. Yep. Like, all all the men in this film, they have arcs. And all their arcs are is telling their wives to back off. That's the whole not thing. Ke- not Kevin James. Not Kevin, Kevin James. James's no, but, no, Kevin is James's arc he, he, is... He has to tell his kid off. No, but Kevin yes. James's arc is like, my wife won't stop breastfeeding my son. Yeah. You know? That's true. Like, that's true. It's another, and it's and also he's embarrassed that he's lost it. his job. That, that's yeah, but a, that's, that's like so that inconsequential. <laughs> that doesn't even come up until right at the end. I, by the way, I, I laughed when Kevin James walked through his above ground pool. That was a I funny was, joke, no, yeah, right? No, like I, I did. I did I, that that was that's Good a great stuff. like. There's a banana peel on the sidewalk, and you're just waiting for the guy to slip on it. Like yep, above yep, ground, yep, it was yep. wonderful. Like I, and there were like stupid little gags like that throughout the whole movie. They were just like, oh, that was great. Oh, what a classic. <laughs> I, you know, Kenny and I have been doing our podcast now for three over three years now, um, and even the worst films that we've covered. I remembered stuff about them. Like, this film literally just went through my brain. Like, I'm trying to hold on to moments. Like, I remember Kevin James forcing (laughs) his kid to drink actual milk at one point. Like, I remember... Classic moment. Classic moment. I I, I have these, like, weird little staccato images and, like, moments. But, like, the movie is so as Kenny said, so ephemeral. Like, it's so, like, there's nothing to hold on to. It's, 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 like, a not a, it's like not a movie. It's, it's like, not a movie. Well, uh, here's, here's a question, because, <laughs> so I'm a big, I'm a big fan of a Hangout movie. Sure. My favorite yeah. director is, um, is Richard Linklater. Love Richard Linklater. Oh, shit. Does, does Richard Linklater make a good movie out of this? It's funny you say that, because as I was watching this film, I was thinking to myself, it's amazing to me how, many independent indie movies are maligned for being plotless and that mm. nothing happens in them. And I could name 20 indie films where more shit happens in them than in Grown Ups. <laughs> but Grown Ups makes $300 million because Kevin James and Adam Sandler are in it making dick jokes. So like it ultimately all works out in the wash to the studios anyway. But t- to answer your question, I-, I do think he's, I think Adam Sandler, uh, sorry, the Richard Linklater could make a movie like this for sure, but he'd have to bring together all the greatest hits of like, in- he'd have to bring Jack Black and Adam Driver and a whole bunch of indie people together. I wonder well, if he makes it with this cast. I think he, but he just reigns them in. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you get? So uh, I, if, if it's the kind of thing, the, I, I, have, I think you have to focus your question a little more. Do you could Richard Linklater make a movie about five people who go to the woods to you know bury their old basketball coach? Yes, easily, of course. Yes. He can make an amazing movie. <laughs> He's done it, right? Yeah, didn't, um, I mean, wasn't that wasn't that sequel that he did to uh, the every, Last Detail? Wasn't that also? Wasn't that? Well, that's true. Kind that's, of yeah, this. Um, uh, 
Oh my god! Last flag waving called? some Last shit. Last flag flag. Yeah. Yeah. This is his mm. shit. Could he do it? Could he do it with this cast? Easily, easily. Could he do it with these are talented people? Could he do it with this script as produced? That's hard. <laughs> that, That's I don't know. Script. Well, because there That's isn't a, a skill script. only the Dugan has. He, it's, I think he needed the version of the script that was written in the 90s. You in know? the 90s, <laughs> yeah. He needed to go back to that 90s yeah. script. And an animatronic oh. Farley might help. <laughs> I mean, the, I would also say, too, just, uh, you know, on the Richard Linklater thing, you know, he does School of Rock. Like, he can make a, a successful yeah. studio comedy. He really can. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's just he needs the right players, right? He needs the right sort of thing. But... To Kenny's point, and I fully agree with him, this, it, there's no script here. I mean, there is in the sense that, like, I, I you, honestly think... You could transcribe, and there would be something that you would... Your pages would be full with something. Now, sure. I don't know if you yeah. could turn that... If you could reverse engineer that into something that we would enjoy watching... But all right, go ahead. Sorry. But I think to your but to your but great... to your point, Kenny, like I watched this film and I was thinking to myself, is this Adam Sandler and Dennis's Dennis Dugan's version of like a Mike Lee or Wong Kar Wai movie where like they just kind of had like a yeah. fucking format and they were just like, Yeah, so you guys I don't fucking talk about like breastfeeding or whatever. And then they just yeah. rolled. Like I just it really feels that way. Uh, I um I, I watched this movie on uh, Blu-ray because I found it was cheaper to buy the Blu-ray than to rent it. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're so, giving them uh, away. Uh, I, it wasn't free when I bought it. <laughs> um, uh, uh, and it was... Um, I decided to go through a few of these bonus features and I got to... Um, uh, there's a nice little feature on, on Dennis Dugan as a director. Oh, sure. Nice. Sure. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's just everybody talking about great yeah, i'm sure it's He's like a criterion so uh deleted yeah uh, behind the scenes it, it's but it's it's interesting because it's just it's just people talking about how laid back he is <laughs> i bet and like yeah, all really the shots just lets of, you do whatever you like just, all the like uh, all the epk shots are just him just sort of like hanging out on set and like uh, messing around with rob schneider he pours ice water down rob oh, schneider's they must back love at one point hijinks all day long yeah fuck the, whatever the, like uh, <laughs> the other great bonus feature on on this uh, Blu-ray is uh, that you get to see there's a long interview with Norm Macdonald about his character Geezer, who was mm. all but cut out from the movie. Um, uh, he's in one shot now. That's, that's he, amazing. He goes down, he job. goes down a water slide and he's wearing. Uh, you, get, you just get to see his butt crag, really. <laughs> That's nice, it. nice, nice. Um, but the character within the film, he was supposed to be uh, a guy who Sandler and Co. knew from back in the day, but had forgotten uh, who he was. Or maybe perhaps he really didn't hang out with them. He was just sort of a guy who just wanted to hang out with them now. And uh, to tell you what, could have done with some more Norm Macdonald. In this I was going to ask you yeah. guys. You guys, you, you guys are Norm Norm fans. I'm a Norm fan. Josh is hesitant. I don't really know the man. Oh, the only way <laughs> I know him is through is through these films. Never is touched through stuff. The, Yeah, just like the thirty seconds that he shows you, up in these films, like you know, in he's great. It? Do you think like he's right in there, isn't he? It's he's 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 great in um the animal. This well, is a real, a real provincial question. Yeah, 
What's your relationship to Saturday Night Live as a, as as British men? So it only like um, it only just started airing over here, yeah. like a t- year or two ago. Gen- wow! When I was a kid, wow. I only knew about it through like hearing like older brothers of friends who would show me like Wayne's World, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's based on all these all these sketches." And then mm. I think I saw like one Mike Myers SNL DVD when I or video that came VHS. out after like Austin Powers blew yeah. up, and yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. there was like it was just called the best of Mike Myers. It didn't even mention SNL on the, no, on that's the DVD true, case. Um, yeah, you just there was just context clues that it came from a show, and then yeah, sort of went away for ages, and then it was just like the clip or the YouTube clip started happening, like the digital yeah, shorts. Yeah. And then that's Sam, kind of how Sam I Bird heard about stuff it. And, and yeah, like, yeah. Be, like, I, I, be... I picked up season one on DVD when I was probably about 15. So... Mm. <laughs> yeah, these but are like, these are like, are, are like little... It's, it's, it's such a different relationship we have to these guys mm. than you do. Because these are like... Are, are like we, we saw them grow up. I mean, I, we watched Adam Sandler mm. in Saturday Night Live when he was in his early 20s doing Opera Man and Cabin Boy. <laughs> and, and, you know, he... So I think that is part of why we... I think as a culture, because his shit always broke through. Uh, I think that is part of why, like, we kind of like just let him get away with all this shit <laughs> that you know we wouldn't let a Seth Rogen get away with necessarily. Mm. Not that Seth like is doing bad shit, but I think Seth is very image but conscious. God help him if he does. Yeah. Right. I think he is very <laughs> careful about like about what he says and how, what he puts in his movies and where. Same for Jack is. Black and stuff like that. Yeah, most of these guys, but like Sandler, and and I think even to some extent like David Spade and Rob Schneider, like like we we protect them as a culture because mm. we saw them win. Will Ferrell, we saw him win, and they, I think that that's a that's it's different and interesting, and I do wonder what it is like for these guys to kind of burst on the scene out of nowhere in England or Europe or other places. Or you know, Greater Europe or other places, uh, you know, and I, I, I don't know what the what the um, a similar you know analogy would be in reverse. Like, what what's the show in England, or what are the shows in England that are kind of the incubators? Well, you guys have got James Corden now, so yeah, like, you um, do have James. Corden. Can you take him back? You're welcome. Can you take welcome. him back? Well, oh, I, no, no, it, the star I watched, of the prom. <laughs> James Corden was kind of beloved, right? Yeah, because uh, I. I watched like uh, the Wrong Man's before anyone knew about yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, I knew like I, I felt like he, like he was sent to, or he what was the other show? Ned and Stacy was his, right? Yeah, Gavin and yeah, Stacy. Gavin, Gavin and Stacy. That's where like everyone yeah. fell in love with him. But it was one really, of those really things where him. he was everywhere all at once, and we were like, get mm. rid of him. And so we sent him to you guys. <laughs> Shut <laughs> him off. Well, no, we were on his side, and then he released Lesbian Vampire Killers, and that's, that's the true. point where everyone went. I have a question. Has it happened in reverse? Where now we have Corden and we we got Ferguson and we just Oliver. These guys have just become ours, Mm. right? Has it happened in reverse where you just you just took an American and now Rob Delaney? Oh, Delaney's ours now. All right, yeah. Yeah. Madonna for a bit. Yeah, that happened. (laughs) But Rob Delaney is really like a British celebrity now. Yeah, yeah. Ruby Wax. She married. I don't know that is. Yeah, Ruby Wax. All right, yes. Yours. I mean, Take her. Uh, um, for, for like for a hot minute, sort of like Mike Myers, um, 
Kelp yeah. Bar, like sort of what? has that sort of British sense of him. Oh, what Austin Powers? I even when like I guess it was before he was big, he was doing stuff at the comedy store over here. Mm. Um, but can I? So this actually. So I was thinking about this the other day because Eddie Murphy was being interviewed by Oprah for hmm. Coming to America, the sequel, and he was talking yeah. about how American comedies don't really travel. Yes. Whereas it mm. does feel like Adam Sandler kind of travels, right? Mm. Like to his shit can have a global impact in a way that I don't know of any other, right now anyway, any other comedian that does. Am I, I'm just sort of. No, no, you're, you're, you, 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 you're not entirely wrong there. Um, I mean, Jim Carrey did. Jim Carrey traveled. Sure. sure. Yeah. And it's, um, it sounds like Mike Myers did. It sounds, yeah, right. right. Mike Myers definitely did. But I mean, Mike Myers' career, Mike Myers is an interesting career to talk about in itself with that. Yeah. Just, you know. I thought you like, were British. Free, for the free first, franchises. Like, 50 years of my life. Wow. <laughs> right. Um, um, but, yeah, I. Like Rogan, sort of. So I used to, I, I worked at a um a blockbuster in uh, two thousand nine and two thousand ten, and I saw I was always recommending comedies to people, and it was very much this sort of idea of no, we don't want American comedies, and we don't care about American comedy stars. We want. Uh, it it feels house. that way, and 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 by the way, I, I don't think that that's necessarily unjustified, but <laughs> I do think that you know. So I'm from Toronto originally, um, and there is sort of this, a lot of Canadian talent that makes its way down to, to America. Mike Myers is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Um, and there is this somewhat British sensibility that exists in the Canadian comedy scene to a certain degree or another, just in the sense that it's a little more highbrow, I would say, than, than American comedy. Ouch! Uh, I don't the say that. American. Ouch! That's the only American on here. <laughs> Absolute shots fired. It's not great. It's like great highbrow American comedy just yelling, ouch. Yeah. So it, it defines it right there. But I, <laughs> but I think that there's something to that. Rob! <laughs> of, of sort of the fact that, like, I think some Canadian... Jim Carrey and Mike Myers are two people that traveled around, you know, that, that made it in terms of more of an international success and they're Canadian. I, I, you know, I think there's, I, there's something there. Um, I, I think that broad comedy, broad American comedy doesn't travel as well. I don't, I don't quite know what it is. What you're saying is that we need to find Adam Sandler's birth certificate. Yeah. Yeah, And check that he's not actually. But I I think also Adam Sandler's Netflix deal is another example of that's why they want him, right? Like there's this global component to him where you know that that movie is going to play here. It's going to play in, you know, hundreds of countries. Poop and fart and dick and these jokes always travel. People falling in a face in a, with a face full of shit always travel. There's just there's, there are universal languages. I did. And, <laughs> Can I just say I, that as I, the as the Canadian as the American on this, just seeing Kenny's box go poop and fart poop, and dick, fart, <laughs> dick, piss. Um, they travel. There are just some things that are universal languages. You just, I, you know. I, universal language yeah. of farting. Yeah. Hey, everyone. It's like mathematics. Right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> just makes sense. Aliens time. Yeah. I yeah. assume aliens need to excrete one way or another. This, and I, by the way, I just. 
despise scatological humor. I know he does deeply <laughs> despise it. But wait, but I, I, we, there was a recent there was a recent poop joke that you and I were both into. I can't remember what it was in on something recently <laughs> that we were talking about joke. on a recent movie that we were both like we both hate poop jokes, but this one really worked for us, and I can't remember what it was. I th- whatever it was, it was because it wasn't a poop joke, right? It was a joke. <laughs> it, it, it was no, joke you know what it was? It was um, it was the beginning of that. Uh, the Jamie Foxx movie, and I can't seem to remember what the name of it is. Held up? Is that what it was? Oh yeah, because she had to poop. <laughs> <laughs> Classic yeah, she, joke. Yeah, she had to poop because the joke wasn't so much that like like how gross it was that she had to poop. It was that she 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 had to find a poop. She had to find a place to poop, and she found it, and it you know sit off. The <laughs> That's by the way. In the first five minutes of this movie, but anyway. Yo, guys, I can't guys, believe I he- had that held, for me. Held up, uh, held up Legit Jamie funny. Fox from 1999, a truly funny movie no one's ever heard of. You saying a held up holds up? It does. That's right. Does. That, that, yeah. that, see, that's, the, that's that British humor right there. <laughs> <laughs> highbrow, highbrow. Changing oh, one letter yeah. into words. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is why the BBC oh, pay me the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> the BBC pays people? Um, debatable, but yes. Oh yeah, right. This is a question just based on something that happens in the film. Mm-hmm. Microwaving bacon. Yes. Is that a thing? My roommate does it bi-weekly. Wow. <laughs> why? <laughs> well, because well, because you know, grilling it on a skillet or whatever you would, however you, else you know, is is it's messy. This Wait, way, you Phil, put it on a. Yeah. Does yeah. biweekly mean twice a week or every other week? Every other week. Okay. Oh, okay. Either way, terrible. That is uh, exciting. Yeah. That you put it in some. You wrap it in part. some napkins. You put it on a plate. You microwave for like two minutes, and you've got your bacon. What happens the, to like, it, all the fat? Does it crisp the, up? It's the lazy way to make bacon. It works. Right. You can eat it. It's not good. <laughs> it's not uh, as good. It, I'm not saying it it's is as the good. worst way to eat bacon, <laughs> and it still is a good food to eat. Microwave. Mm, okay. I like that you asked us. Excited. Yeah, I like. I like that. I. I, I like knew. I you knew we would know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you are. You are the third American guests we've had on the show, and you know, each time we like to learn a little bit more. But this is um, the first time microwaving bacon has come up in a film. This is true. It didn't come up in uh, The House Bunny. I mean, no. I think I, I'll just say, though, I, I don't want to speak for everybody. I'll just speak for myself. Microwaving, by and large, mm. you know, it's, it's a subpar way of cooking something. It's never, oh, like, it's never as good as it could be if you, if you decided to, like, make the soup in a pot on your, on your oh, yeah, yeah, big stove. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like potato, it's just, it, anything. It, it, it's the lazy way of cooking, and thus yes. your food is a third as good. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I, I don't want to come off as all high and classy <laughs> over here, but I um I don't own a microwave. <laughs> yeah, but is that wow. because of like, wow. is because, that for like, uh, yeah, morals, morality, or is yeah. it for the same reason that I don't own a microwave, which is I just don't have space. Otherwise, um, he's highbrow. Jack's highbrow. He doesn't. No, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm highbrow. Uh, well, it's also because my my flatmate was going to pick one up from her parents over Christmas, and then Christmas got cancelled over here. So, uh, yeah, I see. Um, I see. No microwave. So nobody brought no no, no microwave left under the Fair Christmas enough. tree yeah, from Santa. Um, what what but, is what is the moral 
the what are the morals associated with owning or not owning a microwave? Um, I think you know. they destroy time. Oh. In the way that people got upset with like trains when they first existed and how they <laughs> like they destroyed the concept of time of like it would take three days to get yes, from yes, London I understand. to Leicester. Yes. Yeah, I think that's their biggest moral failing. Is making everyone think that things should be available straight away. My favourite part, my favorite part gratification. of that was, uh, was mm. Josh sort of getting on his sort of like classical discussion of uh, of trains and time and Kenny's going, yes, I understand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I understand yeah. what you were talking about. You are not better than me. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> I feel like Josh should have pulled in a monocle to have yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised, Josh, you didn't put on your Scottish accent for that one. Oh, I should have done the Scottish, sorry. Let's redo it. Also, um, I wasn't trying to say it like that. I wasn't trying to talk down to you. Talking down to our listeners. Uh, they right. don't understand time. Don't no, understand of course I, I understand. Um, You're esteemed a, guests. I, here's a real question. Yeah. Uh, was that a joke answer? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know you what? Guys, it started off have... as a joke answer. It really started off as a joke answer. And by the end, I fully believe it. I think we should get rid of you all technology. It. You sold yourself. I, I mean, I'll, I'll just say, though, to, to pivot back to grown-ups for a quick second. Oh, fuck, um, yeah. Yeah, I know. We, we were talking about that. I, I'll, I'll, I, I, I am curious as to what grown-ups two is about like what mm. what brings them back together um and i'm also Rob schneider hope- dies that'd be amazing <laughs> um and i do hope that at the end of grown-ups 2 adam sandler sinks that shot to say fuck <laughs> you to the people that don't have the have not that, that yeah. feels that feels appropriate one thing I, I, I mean, I have no idea what Grown Ups Two is about. I, I um, cannot I, wait for you to watch it. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm dreading more: Grown Ups Two or Joe Dirt Two. To put it in um, context, probably I Joe Joe Dirt Two. I would assume. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Dirt Two. I, yeah, I haven't seen that one. But to put it in what? context, I used to go out with someone like a girl I was going out with. I once we were searching for a film to watch, and I went, "Oh, I want to watch Grown Ups Two." <laughs> And, and she broke up with you then and there. <laughs> no, it, like it was touch and fucking go for like <laughs> for like a few days after watching it. Uh, she was like, "I can't believe you think my time is worth so little that you would make me watch that in our few hours together." So that is the kind of film that we're heading for, Jack. And you, for both of you, I feel like you you're guys, both going to go away and watch it. I will. No, no. I, I we've we've already decided we're coming back for it. But uh, (laughs) could you imagine if that girl that you were dating was an Mm. American? Because Mm. the idea of dating a classy British fellow like you (laughs) and having this guy pick grown-ups too, that would have that would have exploded. She she would have like literally like matrix like matrix like turn off at that moment. (laughs) You were were talking about. uh, I don't know if I've brought this up on the podcast before, but I have a, a, a history of dating American women. Oh, really? <laughs> and and, oh. and um, I, one of my exes, I don't know how many times we watched That's My Boy together. What? Oh my god. <laughs> Why? I was obsessed with That's My that's Boy. That's My Boy? The, oh, that's the My Boy is he added Andy Samberg? Adam Samberg, Adam Samberg. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's really good. It's really funny. You get Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, and Andy Samberg. Really is it funny? <laughs> it's good. That was, right. I, I like your American accent, by the way. Not a lot of Brits are not a lot of Brits are comfortable doing an American accent. Um, well, it's, I've it's noticed. All uncomfortable doing. I oh, do boy. a British accent, um, but I won't do it for you guys. That's for the grown ups. That's for the grown ups. But this is because because I've dated so many Americans, I'm so comfortable doing it in front of Americans. How many many Americans have you dated? It's at least four. I've never Uh, dated a Brit as much as I'd like to. It's never happened. Have you? Yeah, there's a whole island of them. Have you spent um, <laughs> Have you spent time in America? Is this an, in America where you like, did these women? Are they all... All, no, no, they're all all expats. All, yeah, all expats. So. Oh man, that sounds and great. It's it, it's that thing of just like I think I can just fool them into thinking I'm attractive by speaking in this incredibly <laughs> wonderful you know, voice. That's my, amazing. My friend, uh, friend of the pod, Teddy Brassman. Now we're obviously very far afield. We're making this so hard for you to edit, but. My friend Teddy Bressman. This is all uh, staying in. Teddy won't care. Teddy, um, he's been on the pod before. I don't know if you've heard an episode with him. He was on our Green Mile pod and our uh, Dennis Rodman. Simon Says. Simon Says. Simon Says. Simon Says is a good episode. We just recorded a couple more with him. And he has has a a, a screenplay that didn't get made called, um, uh, like, I don't know, like proper chap or something like that. And it's about a British guy in New York who's just a playboy, just slaying it with the women. And he gets in like a cab and has an argument with like the cabbie and the cabbie curses them. And Oh, it's called, it's called, uh, it's called like regular chap or something. And uh, he wakes up the next morning and his British accent is gone. And he's just, <laughs> he's, he's just, just a, a normal guy, a normal American, or something like that. Yeah, it's and obviously, obviously, he can't get at women anymore. Um, I, I love that. <laughs> obviously, it's like that character from uh, "There's Something About Mary," the guy who's putting on a British accent. Oh my god, that. that's one of my favorite jokes ever. When he yeah. just reveals yeah. that he and he doesn't, a... he doesn't eat crutches either. <laughs> just him, just guy. like. It's just um, just Matt Dillon beating him up like, what? why did you tell her? And then just him just breaking down going, I love her, man! <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking gag. What a movie. What a movie. Um, to, yeah, that... once again, pivot back to Grown Ups. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was the highest grossing comedy of that year. No surprise. <laughs> um, I mean, other films you had that year. You had uh, Little Fockers, Get Into the Greek, MacGruber, mm-hmm. The Other Guys, Due Date, Date Night. Oh, um, wow, that's a shitty year for comedy. MacGruber's <laughs> great, but like everything else there you mentioned is kind of crap. I kind of like The Other Guys. Oh, the other guys are like yes, here. If it's the other guy, and also if it's the other guys is out there, yeah, that also means cop out is out that year. So mm, it's, oh, a, it's a real year. And I, I've listened to your dogma episode. We we can't get into Kevin Smith. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the Jorts love crossover between the yes. two, the Sandlerverse and the Viewers. And hey, Chris Rock moves between the two. Shit, it's true. true. It's true. <laughs> um, He's I feel Kevin it. Smith could have directed an Adam Sandler movie at some point. I feel like that. For sure. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Time. Um, he's just as laid back on set as Dennis Dugan. I'm, uh, sure, I'm, sure, he, unquestionably. I'm sure he wanted to, but Sandler, Sandler just said, I, I couldn't possibly be in a movie that terrible. 
<laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Kenny loves Kevin Smith. To your listeners, I, know. I, know. I, I like him as a guy, as you know. He sounds. Yeah. I mean, I don't know yeah. him, but he, he seems like know. a did wonderful you, guy. Have you seen this whole thing that he's selling his next film as an NFT? NFT. <gasps> what? <laughs> yeah, this is right up your street, Josh. No one's gonna <laughs> buy it. I'm gonna buy it with Dogecoin. <laughs> but so. So this is the highest grossing comedy of the year. Correct. And to go back onto like the SNL stuff, I find it just, I, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I just find it very interesting that it used to be if you had a film come out that was uniting Saturday Night Live stars, mm. you got Ghostbusters. Mm. Yeah. Where did it change to Ghostbusters is a comedy which has a plot. It's, you know, it's it's oh, yeah. it's out there. When When does it change to... We're going to get these people together and it is just going to be nothing. I think that weirdly, it does feel like Will Ferrell is a little bit of that, that kind of fulcrum point a little bit, mm. just in the sense that like, cause Will Ferrell starts, you know, we, we did, we covered superstar uh, on our podcast in 99, which mm. is very early in Will Ferrell's career. And then he's also in Dick as well. Um, but like, Love you know, Dick. Dick's fantastic. <clears throat> but then there's sort of this moment when obviously Old School and then Anchorman and those movies mm. kind of blow up. And and that becomes sort of the new SNL movie. Like, in its own way, I feel like Talladega Nights and, and Anchorman and what have you are like a heightened version of those yeah. SNL films. Fuck, that's a really good point. So it, it, it feels like that kind of changes the game a little bit. So those SNL films feel pretty budget from that point on. I, I don't... I, Maybe I'm wrong, Kenny. I don't know how you, where you kind of come out on this. I guess I just think that you're correct in kind of charting the evolution of the SNL film. Yeah. I don't feel like these guys fit into that chart. I'm talking about yeah. Sandler and his. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think what you know we've been talking about this the whole time, and you've been talking. You have a whole podcast about it. I think what Sandler did is just it's just so unusual. That he doesn't fit on any on, on any kind of chart for anybody's career, so like, I, I the movies you mentioned, Anchorman, Old School, you include Wedding Singers and stuff like Wedding mm. Singer and things like that, Talladega Nights, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, those are considered to be pretty good films. Some of them are considered to be great films. I think Anchorman yeah. is considered to be a classic to some extent. Yep. So like that, they certainly. I love Right, like they certainly don't feel too far removed from the Ghostbusters mm. of the world. Uh, this is just nothing. This isn't. <laughs> this isn't written by a comedy genius. This isn't performed by a comedy geniuses. Top of their game. These are like this is Adam Sandler who like found this secret portal to stardom. Like this, like this one lane that only he fits, yep. bringing his friends. Who have like been rejected by the culture at large over and over again? Spade and Schneider have just been rejected over and over again. Like we don't want you guys. He doesn't care. So it's, this isn't. It just it doesn't feel like. It doesn't feel like this is even replicable. It's not instructive. It's just. It doesn't mean anything. And like you look at like like the quote a quote unquote SNL movie now, like. I mean, you have the ones that were done by like Polar and, and Tina Fey, which I would say like more yeah. fall in with you know the, the yep. evolution of what we're talking yeah, yeah. about. Even Bob and Star like, feels like it's in there. Yeah, a Bob little bit. And yeah, Star yeah, yeah, and Bright yeah. Bridesmaids certainly is in there, and like 
I do think that in general, you get these team-ups, you get these Star Trek movies, like what, King of Staten Island or whatever, like, they're pretty elevated stuff. They're people who are trying to, you know, carry the mantle of your Blues Brothers and your Ghostbusters and all, Wayne's World and all those great films, and nobody should even try to emulate fucking Adam Sandler, because it's, you're going to wind up with poop on your face. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you asked the question about SNL because I was talking to my roommate the other day because we were watching whatever the last episode was. I think it was Carrie Mulligan. Um, and uh, and I was, you know, they. St- I was talking to her about how seismic Lazy Sunday was. Like, Lazy Sunday turned... Does she even remember it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it does feel like She's SNL, for, for all... In- She's 10 years younger than me. For all intents and purposes, SNL was on... Straight up life support. I mean, it was it was basically nothing. And then the the Lonely Island guys show up. They do Lazy Sunday, and we are still seeing music videos every week on SNL. And it's been like twelve or thirteen years yeah, since yeah. Lazy Sunday. And um, you know, Phil, you were on the inside at that point because Lazy Sunday. Yeah, I mean, uh, Lonely Island or UTA guys. Phil and I were both working at UTA when that came out. It's crazy. Crazy. And it was it like it's almost impossible at this point to understand yeah. how much of a departure for Saturday Night Live that was. They yep. never did never mm. basically gave a camera to a few people on staff and a few people on, you know, a few pieces of talent and said, Go do something. Never. And that was what that's how Lonely Island got big making these videos. Yeah. And I think yep. that that was a big conversation with their agent and with everything that you got to give these guys a chance to do what they do and look at what happened. It's also, mm. you know, it's also a moment too for, for web culture. You know, a digital short that was a whole, like that was a game changer too. Now all of a sudden you could make a, a, a comedy short you know, on iMovie or whatever the case might be. And, you know, look at It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You know, their their, their pilot presentation, yeah, I believe, yeah, was, totally. was something like that, too, for like $500. It was so like, like VHS. Yeah, it's crazy. So, like, it's a game changer in that way. And and you got to hand it to SNL to some degree or another for recognizing that, weaponizing that, jumping on that. But I think that's another symptom of why the SNL movie, for all intents and purposes, kind of yeah. went the way of the Dodo a little bit. Maybe just pop star, don't stop, never stopping, or never st- whatever that's. Yeah, like. yeah, that yeah. Count? That's that's sort of like the evolution, I guess. But Avatar produced that. Out the digital, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then again, Sandler jumps on the Sandberg train, gets him in. Uh, that's my boy. He pumps up in like grown ups a too. Fan, isn't he? Yeah, of course. I'm sure. I mean, those two have to be like. I mean, that it makes I mean, Adam Sandler being sorry, Andy Sandberg being Adam Sandler's kid makes. All the sense in the world. Andy Andy (laughs) Samberg changed his name to sound like Adam Sandler. They've got the same initials. That's that's (laughs) tremendous. That's that's really funny. Yeah, I I feel like I I, I'm worried we're keeping you too long. It's all right. It's all good. Friday afternoon, buddy. I ain't got nothing to do. (laughs) (laughs) I got. I mean, I got four kids, but you know, (laughs) only three of them are here right now. So. I'm also worried that I'm going to have to edit this podcast. Well, I, 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 I want to mention one other thing, though, which I do think kind of certainly gets us back to, to grownups and, and feels sort of like, you know, mm. uh, is is the Rotten Tomato score, which I said to, to Kenny, which I think is fascinating, <laughs> which is that grownups has 11% from critics yes. and 64% yeah. from audiences. Yeah, 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 yeah. If that doesn't 
crystallize for you the Adam Sandler thing. I don't know what does, right? Which is like, obviously critics are like, this is hot garbage. I don't want anything to do with this. This isn't a movie. And audiences are like, how many times can I see it? <laughs> well, so it, I, yeah, so no. And it's so funny when I, because I, we haven't talked about like where we were when this came out, but I remember this came out in the UK opposite uh, Scott Pilgrim. Sure. Did it? And yeah. Wow. <laughs> Same weekend. Um, and I remember, because I I spent the summer in the US and I'd seen Scott Pilgrim over there, and I was such a fan, and I and I remember being so angry that audiences picked Grown Ups over Scott Pilgrim that <laughs> opening weekend. I I mean, it will not surprise anyone to hear that I was from. I mean, I am from Toronto. I love that movie. Um, it's one of my favorite films, and so I remember it opens in in the States up against eat, pray, love and the expendables. Yeah. And both of those movies just blew Scott Pilgrim completely out of the water. To me, like it's still just like young and like getting into like, well, I mean, I was big into film already, but it was my, it was my first time going to the San Diego comic con that year. And Scott Pilgrim was every huge. Yeah. And for me, I was just like, how can this lose? <laughs> it's, it's and the answer is wants. they spent too much money at comic con. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so I remember being so mad with audiences and anytime I heard that. So I, 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 the first time I saw this movie is when I had to make a, um, a promo for it at, uh, NBC and uh, so I remember any time hearing like people had seen this movie being like so angry and like you're gonna go unseen but like this is it like you look at yeah. these critics who are, like I spoke to my uh, one of my best friends about this yesterday and she's like I think I've seen Grown Ups and I think I've seen Grown Ups too and all I can really remember is that I watched them and asked myself why I watched them I've seen and, it and I yeah. only think I've seen it like I'm still not sure if I saw it <laughs> Yeah. It's like, I but it's like it. you've endured it. Did you perceive it? Who knows? I will, I will, I'll get to this about it though. Hmm. Of the films we've seen, of these like twenty-something movies we've seen so far, hmm. it's not. It didn't really overly offend me. Sure, it's inoffensive. Um, uh, the. Compared to some of the stuff we've covered, Josh. No, but I mean, yeah, but that's the thing. That's what I really worry about us, Jack. That's what I'm really worried about <laughs> happening to us. Is you are we just have seen desensitized? Yeah, we're like you know people coming back from war who are just like <laughs> the happy they see, they see someone get mugged on the street and they're just like, oh, you know what? I've seen worse things yeah. happen at sea. That kind of thing. Like there is some terrible shit in here, Jack. Uh, Josh, I have good. I, I, I have good news for you, but maybe also bad news for you. Oh, yeah, go on. Uh, you might be desensitized, but mm. it might just be because of grown-ups, because I, too, am desensitized, <laughs> and I've only seen grown-ups. So I think, I, think it's, I, I think it might just be the one movie. It could be. Uh, guys, what are you most excited about? What, what movies are you most excited about moving forward, and which ones do you truly, deeply dread? I'm looking forward to watching the week of, um, just oh, because no, I, I like. So it's it's one of the Netflix ones. Okay. It's Sandler and Chris Rock. Um, Sandler's son is marrying Chris Rock's daughter, and it's the family getting together for a wedding. And it's directed by Robert Smigel, and I'm just like, oh, 
That yeah. could be. Yeah, fun. That could it's be got good. a yeah. really low Rotten Tomatoes rating. But I watched the trailer and I was like, this kind of looks like this could be fun. I think the like, I think what I'm least looking forward to is Joe Dirt Two. Yeah, I think this that's is... the one, buddy. That's we... the one that it's gonna be really tough. We we'd never seen Joe Dirt. It's not it, that that's a comedy that does not travel. <laughs> um, no, and yeah. uh, I, I, I don't I think say... it traveled outside of Arkansas. <laughs> Can I just also say like how crazy it is that there's a movie starring Adam Sandler and Chris Rock, and I had no idea it existed. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I didn't either. By I the mean, way. like how how, how how I could lay if I list off like these the Netflix movies. How many have you heard? The Ridiculous Six. Yes. The Do Over. Yes. 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 No. Sandy Wexler. Yes. Seen it. <laughs> um, the week of. No. Yes. <laughs> Father of the Year. Nope. No. No. Mm, yeah. No. Uh, Murder <laughs> Mystery. Yes. Yes. The Wrong Missy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Hubie Halloween. But sure. Everyone, everyone and, heard of and, Hubie uh, Halloween. Hubie Halloween was my choice for uh, the, if they added two more films to the Oscar Best Picture line. <laughs> <laughs> Hubie yeah, Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Straight up there. Good <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait for the new one. All the, the casting news. My, uh, my, I, oh, I wrote Space a, Man. Oh yeah, Carrie Mulligan. I wrote a movie that Phil's read about Hollywood. Um, and uh, it was about you know Hollywood movie whatever. Mm. And my manager read it, <laughs> and he said, uh, you know, you really should watch Sandy Wexler because that's really kind of what I think you're going for here. So I watched Sandy Wexler, and then uh, a week later I fired him. I was going to say, <laughs> I was so, gonna say how did that make you feel? And I, then I, I fired I, my manager. I am not. I'm, I'm not kidding. I fired him over that suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> this I is said, what you think of me. You, I said this you, is, you, you don't get me. I obviously don't get you. We cannot do this together anymore. <laughs> it's not. It's that's not you. amazing. It's, it's me reacting to you. Yeah. You know what's amazing as you were as Jack as you were reading out those films. I was thinking to myself. <laughs> The best part about your podcast is that by the time you get to Hubie Halloween, there'll be five more. Like, it yeah. will just never fucking stop. Yeah. yeah. Like, they'll yeah. be just keep churning these things out, and you, you're just, it's it's endless. We are there's, fucking there's, um, at this point. Yeah. There's the, uh, <laughs> like, the, he, the, the next, uh, the next one is, um, the one with him and Queen Latifah about basketball. Yeah. What's someone called again? Hustler? Hustle. I didn't even know Hustle. this was. Did you hear about oh, this? Oh, yeah, it's a basketball movie. Be, uh, that's <laughs> that. I I believe that is a more of a highbrow attempt, actually. Yeah, but it is a it is a Happy Madison production. So yeah. every time he's done a highbrow Happy Madison, it, you've got rain over me and you've got funny people. So I'm like, mm. what is this gonna be? Is it gonna be a rain <laughs> over me? <laughs> it could be. Wow. <laughs> I think it will just be here comes the boom again, but basketball. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm um, for. That tracks. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't think there's any I'm more worried about. Sitting. Well, I, I actually I am a bit worried about watching the Ridiculous Six because I tried to watch it once and I had to turn it off. Yeah, it? Um, <laughs> so um, so this will be time. my great return. No. Um, I uh, I think we should probably we, every um every episode we 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 move into the awards. Yeah, please. Then, uh, yeah, let's do it. That this uh, this film received. This is this is um compared to 
Funny people, this one's got loads. What? Funny people had like two. What does that say? <laughs> Teen <laughs> Choice Awards. <laughs> so, Wait, so um, for... Oh, alright, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 you please. I so the so it, Sandler movies just clean up with the teens choice and the kids choice and the Razzies, right? Yes, we skipped the Razzies because good for you. Time. Hey, um, Kenny hates the Razzies. Yeah. The worst. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll start off with my favorite awards, which is literally I like. This is the award show I get excited about every year. It's the MTV Movie Awards. Sure. Um, and uh, Grown Ups is nominated for best line from a movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what it's line sorry, and sorry. what is it up against sorry i'm i misspoke okay sorry grown-ups wins for best oh line from a <laughs> which line is it the line where uh i'd Tom love to Hyatt... hear your guesses on what what line i couldn't guess. tell you I'm a line for... in this movie i'm going for i had it written down okay it's when it's i think it's it's definitely an attempt at a joke it's sama hayek saying oh we're not going to go to milan anymore fuck the models and it cuts to kevin james and he goes why would you want to see models when you can see this and then he just does a weird dance that's a weird dance that's not a lie no but why would you want to see models when you could see this i think i I don't think it's that line great line or it could be it's not that jonathan loughran saying what the hell what the hell's that sounds oh wait what the hell's that? Sounds like owls having sex when the dog is barking. I oh, thought that was God. a quite good line. Can I just say also, that <laughs> thing about that dog having its vocal cords clipped was one of the saddest things yep. I've ever heard. Yeah. Mm. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's not funny at all. Uh, yeah. Uh, so what is the line? The, the line is de- delivered by uh, Alexis Nicole Sanchez, and it is, I want to get chocolate wasted. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah. Is that, that a child? One. Is that a child? That's, that's the child. It's yeah. the child. That's that's Adam Sandler's daughter, who I I forgot to bring this up as well. Has the most this sickeningly sweet delivery on um. I heard your friend was in heaven, so I oh. tried to use the navigator to get oh, to him. Okay. <laughs> I was going like... to say she has the deadest eyes I've ever seen of any so... actor. Can I just? I mean, I I, I think it needs to it needs to be said that so so Adam Sandler bought her at MTV Movie Award, correct? Because there is no fucking world where she wins this. Well, do I don't know what the other nominees are. Yeah, tell me what it's up against. But still, I mean, so, uh, so it's up against, against e- icy dead people. Yeah. <laughs> it's up against Easy A for the line of "There's a higher power that will judge you for your indecency." Tom Cruise. Mm. Um... Up against Inception for You Mustn't Be Afraid to Dream a Little Bigot, My Darling. Right. And then dual nominations for The Social Network. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sure, I'm, sure that, I'm sure that Adam Sandler's daughter's delivery of a not funny joke is better than any of the lines in The no, Social it's, Network. It's, it's, it's a million dollars is a cool, a billion dollars is cool, right? Yeah. You, that should have won. That's um, the if line. If you guys were the inventors of Facebook. You would have yeah, invented both those, those lines. Two great lines. <laughs> great lines. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Lines. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorkin's great and all. But I want to get chocolate wasted. Fuck. I want to get chocolate wasted. It's the line wasted. of a generation. 
I mean, like, that's what I'm going to be telling also, my kids. Also, I'm sorry, I, I, I resent the idea that you can buy an MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've you, tried to buy a used one. Do you, do, you, do, you guys mind, do you guys mind if I just put the social network on right now? I'm going to clip out the Army Hammer parts, but aside from that, like, I need to be cleansed. And I can't oh believe God, that that movie's been, can you believe that movie's been ruined for us? Yeah. Fuck Army! God Army Hammer. damn it! Mm, yep. Fucking eating Shit. people! Yep. But the worst thing them. is that he's he, yeah it's, it's, it's he's in there twice. Six foot five, two twenty, and there's fucking two of them. Two of them. Yeah. 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 Damn it. Okay, so what else did yeah. it win? I just imagine him playing. I just imagine him playing Wishbone with an actual human clavicle. Oh, <laughs> oh god. Um, of course, it is uh, nominated. Well, it, it wins as everything does at the ASCAP Film and uh, Television Music Awards. Rupert Gregson Williams score for this. Oh my oh, god. Cool. Beautiful. Um, it's up for it, it, no. It's a it's a winner at the People's Choice Awards for favorite comedy movie. Um, I mean, it's it's not a great lineup. It's Grown Ups, Date Night, Easy A, Sex and the City Two, and Valentine's Day. I'd go for Easy A. Yeah, but um, but that's a that's a murderer's row of yeah. movies there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd go for Easy A too, and and I don't like that movie at all. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Ugh. Uh. At the Teen Choice Awards, so it's, so it's like the People's Choice Awards, only for teens. Um, <laughs> Thank you for the explanation. <laughs> um, you've got a. Uh, it was nominated for Choice Movie Star Male for Adam Sandler, but uh, it loses to Robert Pattinson for the Twilight Saga Eclipse. Sure, sure. And yes, it was up for Choice Summer Movie, and it loses to the Twilight Saga Eclipse. Yeah, fair. Just, uh, you know, it gets fucking fucked everywhere around uh, by the Twilight Saga. And uh, and it's also nominated for what I have described on this show as, like, instant career killer is uh, yes. the um, uh, the Young Artist Award. Um, again, second time she's been mentioned now, Ada... Oh, no, this is a different uh, kid in this movie. Ada Nicole Sanger, who I don't know who she plays within Grown Ups. <laughs> You do, she might be. Uh, she might be Kevin. Uh, oh, she, oh she, yeah, she's Kevin James's daughter. Kevin she had James one line. She, she one had some line. cake. You know. <laughs> yeah. You you do know um, one one of Adam Sandler's kids is Cameron Boyce, right? You know who that is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very sadly. Um, Which is sad. rough. Yeah. Because you know, and and on top of that, like, if you have kids now, Cameron Boyce is like omnipresent in your children's lives because he's yeah. in the Descendants. Oh, I've seen Descendants. And, I've seen Bunked. Yeah, Jesse and Bunked. So this kid yeah. is everywhere so that hit yeah. my hit my kids really hard so watching him again it's just you like they're they are like oh but and he was supposed to be in hubie halloween he's uh, a he, oh he's a, instead of the will roll or whatever his name yeah is. he's an actually like an amazing talent like it is really mm. really upsetting but but um yeah yes yeah, so ada, ada nicole sanger nominated for best performance in a feature film for a supporting young actress um Every time I, I get to one of these, it's you look at any of the kids who won, and none of them have gone on to do anything. It's always very sad to see the Young Artist Awards. Um, but uh, and that's that's all the awards Grown Ups got, which is far more than so many. <laughs> it deserves. Yeah, I, I I loved it. It won Best Line from a Movie it's over the Social Network twice. <laughs> 
Uh, what a. I mean, I guess sad. I guess the social network split the vote on that one. Is that what we're led to believe? I, I guess so. And there's just people were like, I just didn't get Inception. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, are we? Um, yes. Yeah, sorry. Please go. We, we yes. Uh, I've got. To, we've got to get into MVP LVP. How are you guys feeling? I, I'm good. I, I think. I think I'm. Yeah. I guess I, I certainly know who my MVP is. I'm trying to think of who my LVP is. Well, we'll go through MVPs. Yeah, you, and, okay. Uh, okay. Josh, you, uh, do, 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 do you have anything? What, for an MVP? Yeah. I'm going to go fucking basic, and I'm going to give it to Chris Rock. Because I just felt like he was a beacon of hope <laughs> throughout this. Because, you know, they spend a lot of time on the male characters. And no. Most of that time, I know, a huge of troop, but most of that time is abysmal. But given that, I mean, Chris Rock has another terrible storyline in it. I just think, you know, you, the camera goes onto him and you think, oh, I'm safe for 30 seconds to mm. a minute at a time. That's true. There's something recognizably funny. I didn't laugh at any of it, but I didn't feel like something terrible was terrible was going to happen. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's the best you can hope for in this film, in my opinion. I get that. I get that. <laughs> I yeah. went a different way. Oh, did okay. you? <laughs> I went, uh, my MVP brought him up earlier, Norm MacDonald. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, gets paid for all this stuff, gets a nice extra feature on the Blu-ray, mm. and, um, and uh, you know, gets, uh, get, you know, he's still high credited in the movie, despite only having his bum on show for like five seconds great yeah. happy for him i Good think stuff. you know that, it, that's the best way to be in this movie is to be get paid for it but not be in it but not be in it mm-hmm. yeah i don't i don't disagree good. with that i um i think we talked about him a little bit earlier i think kevin james might be my mvp in this movie mm. i i think that he's like he's the only guy who i'm convinced kind of understands what movie he's in even if like it's not a good movie he's sort of showing up in his own way and i also mm. really kind of understood where kenny was coming from too this whole idea of him being the interloper so i felt mm. kind of this uh this empathy towards him um yeah i, I yeah he's probably my mvp all right good choice i'm gonna huh? give it to i'm gonna trump you all and be <gasps> be the wokest dude on the pod and I'm going to give it to Maya Rudolph, everyone's favorite actress. Oh, sure. shit. But the yeah. reason I'm going to give it to Maya Rudolph is because Maya Rudolph does the thing that I think uh, every actor should always do, which is pretend like the movie, no matter how horrible it is, is worthy of your best performance. Sure. Because you never yeah. fucking know. You never fucking know when Bridesmaids is going to be the biggest hit and... You're going to be Melissa McCarthy and you're going to nominate for an Oscar and have like a, you know, 10-year leading lady career. You don't know like that that the poop joke, that the giant shitting scene <laughs> in in the in the bridesmaid thing is going to be, you know, put together in such a way where it becomes iconic and it's not like the thing that gets played over and over to embarrass you. So Maya Rudolph yeah, like yeah. Maya Rudolph brings her A game to this. She doesn't she in no way condescends to the script or condescends to the people around her, even as the script condescends to her. Um, and I, I really, it's not that I loved her performance, but I always felt like not only is like, like Maria Bello's a pro, 
uh, Salma Hayek's a pro, but Maya Rudolph is like, like supremely talented and brought and, and always brought it. So I, I appreciate what she did in this movie, and I just appreciate how she like approaches everything she does. That's fair. How how That's happy really, do you think really uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is that his partner is in a is in an Adam Sandler <laughs> uh, comedy? <laughs> I'm sure he spent every day on set. <laughs> he was yeah. probably so psyched. pregnant with with child yeah. while yeah. filming. Yep. Mm-hmm. God bless He's her. Paul Sandler. I also love that it's outside of Fargo, the only movie I could think of with a pregnant character who doesn't give birth. Interesting. Don't they make the joke that uh, water breaks at one point? Mm. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> but she goes for it. <laughs> Shit. Uh, perfect picks for MVP, guys. Josh, who's your LVP? Uh, boomers. Mm. <laughs> one of my notes was this is quite the boomer movie <laughs> it's the boomer movie and that's exactly the point I want to make Like uh, Adam Sandler and that lot they aren't boomers but they've just taken that mentality like I've seen so I'm in a <laughs> I'm in a Facebook meme group and on every Thursday it's boomer Thursdays baby and every you, meme is just memes written from the perspective of boomers and all of them are just like I hate my wife or <laughs> Or, or the sun coming in, or like a child coming in and being like, what's wrong with this book, Dad? I can't swipe it. And that's exactly what this fucking movie is. It's just like, oh, my wife wears me down every day by, you know, supporting me or whatever, while I go off and be a fucking moron. And also my kids hate going outside because they enjoy playing video games, which are fucking fun, just yeah. because you didn't grow up with them. Yeah. Anyway. What a great fine. call. So, I mean, yeah, yeah like it, it does give like the one time they do try and show you the fun of the outside world, it just involves Kevin James falling off the side of a <laughs> yeah that was that was funny being that fine. was great liked that enjoyed that um, but why do that when you can play a video game I I do why hate do boomers deeply but I also <laughs> really 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 hate Generation X mm. um. And I think, like, like I, I think that they're like the biggest waste of fucking space and, <laughs> and time, Josh, of all time. <laughs> and 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 what, what, what's interesting? Like trains. What's interesting is that these guys have all the fuck it of Generation X, yeah. and all the male toxicity of the mm. Boomer generation. These guys are worst in breed. And no wonder they're like <laughs> no wonder they're the most successful Generation X members. But so I, fucking true. I don't have an LVP yet. You guys, I'm I'm so I have one. I have one. Please go ahead. No, I mean it's kind of a piggyback onto onto what Josh was saying. But like it it, it is a lot. Like this movie is such first world problems. Like when I think about just mm. every single person in this movie and just how how I mean even the even like Colin O'Quinn's. I don't know, friends or whatever, that kind of group of... Like, all, all of these people have nothing to be upset about. I mean, it is a little bit of the boomers thing, but it's just that sort of, like, what the fuck are you complaining about? There's, you know... And I I also thought about, like, that... the And I wanted to mention this earlier. The whole water park sequence, all I could think mm. about was, like, how much fun it must have been to shoot that for, like, an hour. And then for the rest of it, it must have been the most miserable fucking experience. 
and it's just like so anyway that's what it is i i, I just have to quickly ask a question on that uh water park sequence that that zip lining water slide thing can't be real, right? It's the most dangerous thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Like, it's the most is, ridiculous thing. Because, like, like, if you don't let hour. go at the right time, you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> yeah, you're 100 Or you, dead. you're doing this, yeah. like Steve Buscemi. Oh my god, we didn't even touch on Steve Buscemi being in this it's, film. It's, Buscemi was, oh, yeah. was pretty funny. Buscemi was fine. It's a good Buscemi. Bit. Oh, um, that, that like, joke was good. It's a good. It's a good <laughs> that, that, the, 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 the cast joke um, it, it harkens back to something that's talked about on Blank Check quite a lot, which is the uh, Monopoly guy from Ace Ventura. Mm. In that, it's a joke that it's only a joke because you've written him into this situation. Yeah. It's yeah. the the idea that he's standing there like. There is nothing relatable about that joke. Nobody's ever in that sort of body cast. And like it was just the moment yeah. where um David Spade goes up to him and he goes, Hey why? Where's MCNA? And I was like Terrible right. joke. joke, is it? <laughs> it's it's yeah. not really it's yeah. not really my favorite part of uh, my favorite part of Steve Buscemi being in it is just Colin Quinn saying, "Of course you can do it. You're an animal." <laughs> I just I don't know why I quite like Steve Buscemi being described as an animal. Can I also just say that there is something very very pleasing to me that Steve Buscemi is somehow an Adam Sandler player. Like it doesn't really make any sense. It's like so it's and it's it's a it's a when he shows I up agree. every time. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It is. It's I've wonderful. been thinking about this. I think Adam Sandler has something on him. And I think what he has on him is, do you remember, like, there's always that story that goes around that, you know, on 9-11, Steve Buscemi was in New York and went and helped out his old yeah. fight. I think it's bullshit. I don't think that, I don't, I think someone put that story around and Sandler Adam Sandler knows. is the only one who has proof that that never happened. Yeah, yeah. And I like that theory. The and that's, that's why. That's why. And I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. He doesn't cast him as a firefighter. Exactly. Because he, he knows sneaky, he wasn't. Yeah. Sneaky. But Apatow <laughs> did in uh, in the King of in, Staten yeah. Island. Because because mm. Apatow's bought into the hype. Apparently. He doesn't get it. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't yeah. get it. Doesn't know. Um, my my uh, LVP is far more petty than everyone oh, else's. Cool. Um, uh, as I mentioned, I watched this on uh, Blu-ray last night, and one of the <laughs> one of the things that happened when I turned on the Blu-ray is there's a big advert on it, uh, ad- telling me that I can watch this movie in Movie IQ, which is essentially um, the Blu-ray version of the IMDb X-ray sure. on uh, Amazon. And I was like, great, I'm going to get so many facts about the movie. Yeah. I'm going to watch yeah. it in movie IQ. Every, Pop-up oh, video. Like, yeah. I've got the podcast, like it's 1999, guys, coming on. They're going to be so amazed where all these facts came from. Yeah, I am. I, I've been amazed. I, yeah. I, oh, wait, I, what? I clicked, I clicked <laughs> play, play in movie IQ. It loads. It loads. It loads. <laughs> Sony have turned off the movie IQ service. <laughs> Because Aww. BD Live never took off. And my oh. LVP is uh, the poor people who had to work on Movie IQ. Because <laughs> 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 the thing that I loved about the, ad- the advert was like, because it's connected to the internet, all the information will be up to date. And I was like, great, I can't wait to see like, <laughs> like on Sandler's filmography where it says uncut gems on this Blu-ray from 2010. 
That's amazing. And um, and I was heartbroken. So yeah, movie IQ is my sorry. MVP. It's amazing. I still I still have been amazed though. At yeah, same. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. And I've just realized we've missed one really important part of this movie, and we can't let you guys go without. Wait, I haven't done my LVP. Oh, oh of yeah. course, no, sorry, sorry. My LVP <laughs> is David Spade. Yeah, he's a big <laughs> fucking zero in this movie. Who, oh, big time. Who is his, the worst version of himself. And so we did Lost and Found. <laughs> what you is got, the best version? Uh, the best version of himself is Lost and Found. And he, yeah, he's, weirdly. And I'll tell you why, because he's like not, he has some, he has some humility. He has some vulnerability. And, mm. you know, and, and at least in Joe Dirt, he's trying something and failing miserably. But at least he's trying something, right? Trying to play a character and trying to, you know, bring himself down. But the, 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 the basic, you know, the, the, the naked David Spade character that we get all the time, which is essentially skinny, wise-ass Casanova, mm. uh who somehow is the highest status guy in the group, who's mean to everybody, who almost never has to take any arrows thrown in his direction, uh, is so unappealing uh, and just detestable in every way. So whenever he's on the screen, you know, ogling the 18-year-old girls, so like gross. that's the cool guy thing to do, um, I want him off the screen very much. And I found my... I mean, like, I really... It's weird because, you know, in Deuce Bigelow, I felt this. In this movie, I felt this. Like, I think Rob Schneider is underappreciated by the culture. He is willing mm. to, like, lower himself for people's enjoyment, debase himself for people's enjoyment and entertainment in a way that Spade has only done a couple of times and in a way where he still has his cap, you know, still has his, his armor up. But I, I despise this fucking cool guy, <laughs> David Spade character. Um, so peace out LVP you can pick up your trophy in the fucking garbage can I don't think he's been funny since Tommy Boy no Uh, he was great in Tommy Boy yeah and that's that's like I love Tommy Boy and uh, then everything else since I've just Mm. yeah it's not good good. I'm reading my my MVP real quick oh wow real real quick okay you're redoing it redoing it I mean I'm I'm changing it Chris Rock I'm sorry you were great but um, it's now the editors of this film. <laughs> the M's. Because. Because. I love some Jack, editor love. I love Jack, some editor you love. You're just talking about, you know, BD Live and me and all the facts and trivia that we missed out on because it didn't work. I thought, oh, I haven't actually looked at any trivia on this. The first cut of this film oh, I can only was imagine. three hours and 12 minutes long. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it was. Release the Dugan cut. <laughs> but truthfully, like I, I hear you, Josh. Because like, could you imagine how formless this fucking thing is? Right? Like, it's just, it's like, tr- it's like fucking Jello that you're trying to like force into a fucking mold. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, let's give the editors their exactly. due. No, so yeah, it's them for cutting it yeah. down to a hundred minutes, a hundred and two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it is wild yeah. that it is 102 minutes. It was one of the films I did keep checking the time on. Oh yeah, every yeah, yeah, yeah. every but, scene yeah, we... change. You're like, where? <laughs> how much? <laughs> uh, how much longer? I get. Oh, fine. No, fine. Yeah, water park half an hour. Staring at tits half an hour. <laughs> well, here is the question: After these 142 minutes, 
Did you guys watch the credits? Mm. Uh... Probably. I looked to see. I fast forwarded to see if there was a, a post credit scene. Was there? Oh yeah, Nick there Fury a, joins and he asks for more. There is not a post credit scene, but um, okay. there is a beautiful song oh, Jesus. in the in the end credits. Uh, Adam Sandler's song "Stand the Man," um, a song about his dad. Oh man. <laughs> <He's> doing, <laughs> during the, during the closing credits, his dad who passed away in two thousand four. Yeah. Um. um the, I, the the lines in this song include him talking about how he hopes it's all good up in heaven and how he goes and fucks Marilyn Monroe because yeah. mum said it would be okay. Oh. It's just, it's so can nice. I just... Can, I, that makes me really hate Adam Sandler right now. Like, there's a part of me that just hates the the fact that that he gets the opportunity to do that, that he thinks that people want to hear. Like, there's something so oddly self-aggrandizing about that that I really, that bothers me. Sorry. You know who it oddly reminds me of, Mm. uh, who we talked about earlier? It's a bit Kevin Smithy. Mm. (laughs) It's a bit like, you know, I'm going to cast my whole family in, uh, and and my good friend Johnny Depp in this uh, yoga movie. And it, it, it just... I don't mean yeah, to suggest it... that it was disingenuous, just for the record, because I do believe that I'm sure that Adam Sandler misses his father. But and I and I'm sure of that course. he misses Chris Farley, just like the song that he did on SNL when he was hosting SNL, which yes. seemed completely genuine. I don't mean to suggest that the guy's an asshole, and that, but it's just there's something very sort of, I don't know. It's a gross abuse of privilege. Thank you. And I think you yes. I, I, there, there's an example I could think of that's a little esoteric, but I will explain it in a way that I think you guys will get immediately. The Knicks and, uh, and Rangers and Madison Square Garden and Cablevision are owned mm-hmm. by this guy named James Dolan, who is the son of Charles Dolan. They're a you know, billionaire family, and he's a total piece of shit, and people hate him. <laughs> there are articles written about how horrible he is. And okay. he, he's, 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 he's a drug addict and a drunk, and he's just a real, a real abusive guy. He also has a blues band called JD, JD and the Straight Shot. And mm. he, he, he plays with his blues band every once in a while in venues that he owns and pays people to Ugh. show up. Ugh. When the Eagles or Tom Petty or Crosby, Sills, Nash & Young, or any big fucking classic rock band comes to Madison Square Garden, he opens for them. No, oh my God. With his band. JD and the, the Straight Shot opens for the Eagles or whatever. And it just has that, like... Oh, it's so gross. I, 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 get, I get that, like, no yeah. one's stopping you, but, like, yeah. come the fuck. On. The other you thing- should be stopping you, you know? Like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, yeah. you should have uh, some self-awareness. The other the thing it's like, effect. that's a better, yes. The other thing it's like, that's a better example that humans will get uh, is uh, that Meryl Streep movie, Florence something Jenkins. Florence Foster Jenkins. Oh, yeah. Which Foster was about Jenkins. that literally. Like, literally her husband yep. was able to pay yes. for her to play at Carnegie Hall, and she was terrible. But yes, it is. I feel... And, and I know Sandler can sing and write songs, but this is not what you do. You don't get to write a sappy song about your dad and put it on the end of an $80 million movie. I agree. Fuck Sandler. He's done. <laughs> it's, it's, it's also just very, like, you know, it's, it's six years past his, like, I'd get it. Like, his dad died around when Fifty First Dates came out. I'd understand it more if it's on that one. Not to say that, like, there is only, there's some limit on when or how guess... long you can 
feel like sad about your dad but it just feels so arbitrary and there's i guess he is playing a dad in this but i don't know i feel like this is the meditation this is his film meditating on what it is to be a father more so than any other film because you've got all these different dads yeah you've got all these different dads talking about how they are fathers meeting up after years since seeing each other and there's that bit where they talk about how their dad's treated them and then how they treat their own kids like yeah, this I is so. i mean but I adam think, sandler's don't character think, don't get me is, wrong i don't think they pull it off is he a good dad in this for. movie um is he, you say is he, he a good dad <laughs> yeah no but he's a good dad in uh but but the movie uh, the other movie that i think is very much meditation of being a dad is click click yeah, is a meditation sure. on, be, on being a busy working yeah. dad or bedtime yeah. stories that well, song works much that. better in Click, Click. Than, uh, than it does. He is not a dad in bedtime stories. He is an insane <laughs> man who lives sister. in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen that movie. <laughs> 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 really bedtime stories is, is pure Wait, insanity. Did you say he is, a, he is an insane man who works at the hotel? Yeah, it's... same man who lives in the hotel. Oh, I'll that watch film that is a that sounds is good. a dedica- That film is a dedication on to how wonderful hotels are. It's that crazy. film has a like sure. ten minute speech in the last act where Adam Sandler goes on about like how amazing it is to go up and down an escalator. He's right there. But He's right. If you're not hotels sold by that, if you're not sold by that, know that as he's doing the speech about it. He's not actually doing it. Russell Brand is doing it because Adam Sandler's tongue has been stung by a bee. <laughs> so what he's going, <laughs> and Russell Brand is translating. So, like, just to add something pick up, to that. Pick up. Jump on Disney Plus. It's there. <laughs> is Bedtime um, Stories a Dugan joint? No, it's is an it? uh, it it's Adam Shankman. Shankman. It's uh, fresh off uh, directing Hairspray. He dumps onto directing Bedtime Stories. Who's the I, female I, lead in Bedtime Stories? I feel like I've Carrie seen... Russell. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to watch Bedtime buddy. Stories now. I'm going to have yeah. to watch Bedtime Stories. Hey, watch it. Listen to our episode to see if you agree. It's got a great <laughs> cut. Guy Pierce, come on. Guy Pierce, um, Guy Pierce, Carrie Russell, oh, Richard uh, if, Lucy Lawless. If Guy Pierce, Carrie Russell, uh, Adam Sandler, and Lucy Lawless were in a movie directed by the Safdie brothers, it would get nominated for every Oscar. <laughs> every Oscar. <laughs> That's wow. Bedtime stories. I think I got to watch it. Kenny, we should Jonathan watch Bedtime Price? stories. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we. One of the popes. One of the popes. It's a pub. Jonathan Price narrates it with no energy whatsoever. It's really good. Hundred percent. It's amazing. And Adam Sandler plays a character called Skeeter Bronson. Skeeter. Stop it. Skeeter Bronson. This movie feels like it was Mad Libs. This feels like the casting was Mad Libs. The story is Mad Libs. Like, it's a real. It's a real. It's. 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 I. I think I described it on our episode as just the laziest screenplay ever written and committed to film. That's too bad. (laughs) Because because I want to watch it and enjoy it. No, no, yeah, I feel that, but you have to watch, it's one of those ones that has to be seen to be believed. True. Um, Guys, thank you so much for joining us on on what is now, you you guys have now definitely uh, taken the uh, 
longest episode uh, yeah. record. When, when you said I'm... you you had an episode over two hours, I'm just like, please, dude, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's We're our baseline. The, just the yeah. James Franco in what's it, Buster Scruggs, looking over like, oh, first time. <laughs> yeah, with the, the new song. It's fantastic. Oh, Josh, I love how you talk in memes. <laughs> Just, yeah, for context, my job is memes, so that's, that's the way memes. I consume the world. Well, you guys need to come on uh, our podcast now, so we got to find some good for you guys to come on for. Well, this is what I was going to say. You guys have to plug your podcast now. We need. Uh, I mean, I, me and Josh are huge fans of uh, podcasts like it's nineteen ninety nine, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, Kenny and I have been doing this for three years now. We're covering all the films and TV and pop culture of 1999 on our podcast, Podcast Like It's 1999. We also have a Patreon that we've been doing now for uh, the past couple months now, uh, Podcast Like It's 1989, where we're covering the best films of 1989. Um, And yeah, we do do some TV shows as well. Um, I'm about to start a a West Wing miniseries, just wrapped a Sex and the City miniseries. Um, We're going to be doing The Sopranos very soon. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's a blast. We we've had a lot of really great guests. We've been very lucky to have a lot of uh, a lot mm-hmm. of really smart, fun people um, and friends and people we've been lucky enough to work with over the years. And yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of this. It's, it's a lot of Kenny and I just uh, waxing uh, philosophical yeah. about things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a real fun podcast. I love. It's, so uh, it's one of those ones I look forward to thank every you, week. Oh, thank and, you. Um, I'm a Patreon subscriber. Oh, thank you. And um, I'm worried you guys aren't going to do what is my personal favorite film of 1989. Which is? Wallace and Gromit in a Grand Day Out. I didn't know that was. We're we're not going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know it was 89. Wait, that's crazy. Wait, there was a Wallace and Gromit? Yeah, I didn't know that at all. That was the first Wallace and Gromit short. Wow, maybe we should do it. I don't know. We should do it. I we, listen. Uh, I, if you guys, I, do you guys want to come on and talk about it? Because uh, we didn't even know it was an '89 movie. So, I, mean. I am I. I'm, maybe I'm just. I had no idea. I thought Where Rabbit no was idea. the first one. I was like sure Same. it was the first one. So Same. there you go. Where well, Rabbit is the is the, the seventh one. one. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> shit, yeah. Uh, we, we, I mean, listen. We're we're covering we're covering covering at least uh, you know. A good chunk of the '89 movies. Hopefully, everyone's uh, biggest, uh, biggest. You know, uh, I have I have to have beloved. my favorite as being the most obscure thing I could dig up. So, Kenny, I think right now is scouring the internet to to make sure that. Uh, no, no, but, I'm just yes. looking at I'm looking at Wallace and Gromit. I, I it's the first one. I'm totally down to do it. I think. That, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do it. But but yeah, I mean, ultimately, um, we're just thankful that, that you guys, uh, you know, had us on and that you uh, oh. listened to our show. Truly, this is this was an absolute blast. And any excuse to watch Grown Ups, right? Yeah, we'll see you guys <laughs> oh, are Grown Ups too. We're calling it right now. So. <laughs> we're calling All our right, shot definitely. for Grown Ups too. Don't, don't, don't. You, 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 you can definitely be here. No one else has laid claim to Grown Ups too yet. <laughs> Well, yeah. anyway. Um, uh, is, uh, and are uh, there socials you guys want Oh, to yeah, sorry. Uh, our podcast is uh, at Podcast Like It's on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. We also have a Reddit, uh, Podcast Like It's. Uh, I am at PM Iscove on Twitter as well as Instagram. And Kenny, you are? At Nybart, N-E-I-B-A-R-T. <laughs> Don't follow me on Instagram. 
<laughs> Kenny away. really loves social yeah. media. In case you guys are wondering, he he really loves to interact with people yeah. on social media. Oh, I, I know. You I, and Josh will get on great. I just <laughs> speak memes back and forth yeah. to each other. I know. I, I I have this constant push and pull like inside of me, which is I I do kind of want to be like a like a social media person. Mm. Like I want I, I love when it, when I do engage. And then on the other hand, um, I don't love what I gave. So, <laughs> so I don't know which one I want more, but I, I will, we'll see. I, I, if anyone wants to tweet at me, I would love to uh, interact with you. <laughs> what, we'll, what, we'll a lovely, what a lovely <laughs> invitation that was. Please tweet me. I hate it. Just a slight twinge of anger. But, but, but uh, you, well, I don't know. If you ask me a personal question, I'll definitely answer so, oh, okay. uh, uh, but yes, we do. We we have uh, we have various uh, social media accounts. So feel free to follow <laughs> us or check us out. And uh, I'm sure Kenny will. You know, till, at the very least, if you want to talk to Kenny about wrestling, he will absolutely engage. Oh shit! Yes, nice. that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's his sweet spot. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I watched wrestling once very good it's good stuff. <laughs> that is the best review of wrestling i've ever heard i watched wrestling once very good are you a human jack are you a fucking robot i feel that's like but phil i feel like that, that's like a perfect distillation of your view on wrestling 100 percent. you watched it once very once good very good <laughs> I watched well, like, it once you know, for our uh, Beyond the Mat episode. It was great. Yes, very I, good. You know, I, I work very hard at being this succinct. So. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up on incredible. three hours. Yeah, Hemingway's <laughs> got nothing on you, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Grown up, well, not people very find good. you. Yes. Um, yeah, people can uh, find me across the internet under the moniker J- at JFG in digital 3D. Um, okay. It was it was seemed smart in 2010, and now sure. I get it. Just, I get it. It's, a, it's yeah. a good joke. I get it. And now now it's just it's 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 who I am. I can't change it now. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm out there on Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox, TikTok, all all the all the socials. And if you want to follow me, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Hinge, TikTok. <laughs> I don't think people can find you on Hinge. I don't think. Oh, it's can they not? Like anyway, it's they definitely can't find me. <laughs> There's no search engine oh, on Hinge. Uh, Tinder, anything at p a p s b y at p a p s b y. That's at Papsby. That rhymes with the man in the iron mask. And beautiful. If you <laughs> can, I if can I just want... ask a question for both of you? Did yep. you go out of your way to make social? handles that are impossible to know or have any direct correlation to you like yeah. it's <laughs> okay, okay cool um no. yeah you know like, well, i guess jfg no, well, you've we, got we... your initials yeah my initials are in there and but okay. again yeah they're quite cryptic now i think about it uh, okay cool uh you know teach their own <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah but guys. it's ve- it's very 90s AOL to not do something like very that. Very screen you, name. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah very yeah. screen exactly. naming. Well, you know, I still miss MSN. Yeah. All right, guys. Peace it out. I'm going to wrap this pod up for you. Josh, we've got to do the podcast socials. Oh, shit, yeah. And yeah, if you want to follow the podcast, you can find us at True Hat Mad 
on Twitter or Instagram, send us an email, truehatmad at gmail.com. And of course, wherever you listen to us, if you can leave us a rating and a review, please do. Five stars would be nice. Six would be better. But I don't think they've added that functionality yet. But Give soon... it the inverse of what you would give grown-ups. I know, but, right. but the audience score, Jack. Oh, that's true. So, oh, my God. Just give us, give us the most you think is fair. <laughs> that would be nice. So, yeah. So polite. The most that's British it. way of asking for something. Um, um, pay what you can in praise. Yes, and money. Sweet. And money. Money would be. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> uh, once again, thank you guys so much for joining yeah, us. Uh, audience, please tune in next week to, you know, just go with us when we're talking about just go with it. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Just... That's an inter- that's an interesting movie to me because that was the first one where I really felt like, even more so than Grown Ups, where I really felt like, oh, he doesn't care. Like, like <laughs> Kenny, oh. it's called "Just Go with It." It's literally him just being <laughs> I like, know. "I know, just I know. go with it." He's just like, 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 like this was the, that was the one where it's just like, there isn't even a story. There's not even a yeah. log line here. Like Adam Sandler goes to a yeah. hotel. Yeah. All right, and a hot girl wants to have sex. He loves. He man loves hotels. Yeah. Um, just go with. Just go with it. Is like uh, Jennifer Aniston's his secretary, and Brooklyn Decker is Brooklyn Decker. Him. Yep, correct. And correct. Nicole Kidman plays a random supporting role, married to Dave correct. Matthews. This yeah. is a good movie, guys. You're gonna love it. Sure. I'm 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 so excited that we've just started recording. Just go with it episode right now. Yeah, just straight go. in. Here we go. Um. Thank you all this for was listening. A pleasure, guys. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Please go listen to podcasts like it's 1999. Right. And as always, ah, oh, horseshit. Very good. Bye, guys. Right, bye. bye, guys. Great meeting you both. <laughs>